Hello and welcome to episode 12 of This Korean Life. 15 years ago, where can I get cheese and what time does the airport bus leave from the rotary were questions you would have to ask a friend or co-worker. Luckily, Ulsan Online was created and is one of the largest expat communities in the south of Korea. Uh, their website has been going strong for over 10 years now. You can check Ulsan Online for everything you need to know about living in Ulsan. With a Facebook group of over 9,000 active members, it is your source for information on everything from travel to when Costco is open. For everything in Ulsan, Ulsan Online has you covered. This page and Facebook group have been the glue in our community for over a decade. Check it out, Ulsan Online. This podcast is also brought to you by our friend, Carrie Munye. Former Ulsanite Carrie Munye now operates an English institute in Zhejiang, China. The spelling will be on the uh, will be posted underneath there. Um, and he's looking for two teachers to start in October or November of 2019. That's only in a couple months. Kerry is a Canadian and operates a school with his uh, Chinese wife. They opened last year when they moved back uh, to China from Canada to allow their son to master his Mandarin. The school sounds amazing too. It's over 6,000 square feet. You'll have your own large office and Western bathroom. No squatters. Uh, the school was a daycare before they bought it and renovated it into an English school. Their youngest students are five years old and must be able to sit at regular tables uh, and chairs to join a class. So there's no Yuchuan, no uh, Yuchuan, no kindergarten kids running around. And uh, you, 90% of your kids, he said, will be from grades one to five. Carrie's been teaching overseas for probably 15 years now or more, and he knows what a teacher needs. If there's any problems, <clears throat> excuse me, Carrie, his wife, the IT staff, or other friendly staff will be happy to. Uh, Happy to help you. No worries in that department. Anyways, today's episode features the burn unit villain, also known as Scott Kaler. Scott was our friend here uh, 11, 12 years ago in, in Ulsan. We caught him as he came back to K-Town uh, while he was visiting his wife's family. Scott's got a, a really unique life in that aside from his 9 to 5 engineering job, uh, he's in constant pursuit of his passions, which include breakdancing, or as we know now, it's called breaking. In the, the cool guys call it breaking, I guess. Uh, and he likes to modify cars as well. Uh, Scott shed light on the evolution of the b-boy culture in America and Korea. We also discuss his entrepreneurial ambitions, multiculturalism, uh, and the importance of having close friends and family. Scott usually comes back every few years to visit. And it is a time all us Ulsanites uh, look forward to. Thanks for taking the time out to come and record with us. I hope everyone enjoys. You are now tuned into This Korean Life with your hosts, Brian and Nate. Scott, I haven't seen you in two years, dude. You show up with a man bun. What's uh, what's the deal? All right, I don't know how many times <laughs> I got to go over this with you, man, but it's a samurai top nut. All right, this thing this thing was actually pretty cool back before you had a bunch of hipsters wearing it. So <laughs> it was you had it before. It was yeah. cool. That's right. I, That's right. I like uh, I like the style, man. I just wonder when I see when I see the haircut, you've it's always been short. Right. What's the what's the middle what's the middle stage? Is it a spiky? Oh, do, do you uh, spike it? I don't know how to describe it. It was a uh, 
It, it, it was never uh, spiky particularly, but it was a. Uh, was it? I had kind of like it? had the the side comb a little bit, you know, for the transition period. So, uh, but it was only a few months, you know. It wasn't uh, it wasn't too bad. So I I had mine pretty long a few times, and man, I hate that in between stage. It's, it's <laughs> terrible. You it's don't know what to do months, with it. It's a six months of hat. Yeah. But anyways, I'm glad well, you. I can imagine uh, Nate looking like uh, the lead singer from Creed with, uh, with that long hat. <laughs> well, that's why I, why I used to do it when I went backpacking on a couple big trips. I just let it grow. It was a pain to try and get it cut everywhere, so I just let it grow. But yeah, that in between stage is terrible. Anyways, I'm glad you fully transitioned into uh, Samurai Top Nut. I like it. <laughs> anyways, dude, listen. Had to uh, cover the bald spot somehow. Oh, you know what? I I had some hope. You, you've always had a nice uh, nice head of hair. Coming, 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 coming for me. I, I notice, I notice these things. I'm sitting across from two guys with full, uh, full sets of hair here. And when you showed up, I don't know if it was two years or four years ago, I saw the bald spot and I was like, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're coming. You know, I, I Not give, so nice anymore, is it? I give you that nod that all balding guys, <laughs> you know, you have that understanding. Right, that, right. You know, we're we're both balding. We're both in the same boat. And then you crushed my spirits when you said. Dude, I'm not balding. This is just from doing head spins for my for my breakdance. Yeah, I feel like I need to start wearing a sign on my on my you know on my back or something that says. Not I swear it's it's from head spins, not not from uh, genetics. <laughs> Absolutely. So, anyways, you, we. Uh, I won't have to worry about that then. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> not doing any head spins anytime way, soon. <laughs> the uh, anyways, I, I met you about we said just over uh, just over eleven years ago. You showed up here with your sister. It seemed like uh, seemed like a very normal. American uh, American dude just, just looking for an adventure you know as I as I grew to I grew to know you you were an electrical engineer yeah is that right well yeah. uh, I was trained as electrical engineer but the work I was doing wasn't specifically electrical it was uh, so I was working for a, a, a nuclear company in like a um, services role so yeah. I was basically doing some coding and, and okay. computer related stuff cool. but it, it's it's kind of a hodgepodge of engineering okay stuff. okay most people that come here it's the default. I can't get a job at home. You know, I can't get a job at home. Don't know what I want to do. Need a few years to sort things out. Tired of tired of my hometown. And you know, you had. It was shocking to me that you had left a a really stable job at home to to come here. Furthermore, find out you're uh, you're an avid uh, an avid break dancer. You're into cars. You do all of you know all of these uh, kind of side um, side hobbies or side hustles. I, I think. The breakdancing is is what spurred everything, even your even your your reason for coming to Korea, correct? It was definitely part of it, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. So why don't you shed some light on how uh, how you got into it and what and why you continue to do it? What's okay? Well, what's specifically the for the breaking, yeah. Um, breaking is that the yeah? That's that uh, that's okay. usually yeah. We call it breaking or b-boying. Yeah. Bebop, yeah. E- either way, either way. Cool. I mean, uh, I think uh, there was a time period where people were were kind of like looking down on the term breakdancing because that was the, the popular term, the popularized term. Okay, okay, okay. So, but uh, I think people have gotten over that for a while now. And, okay, uh, you okay. know, it was never important to me to the distinction because <laughs> uh, I, I'm not that big into labels and things like that. It's just, if, if you know what I'm talking about, that's yeah, what's important, right? Cool. So, Except yeah. the Samurai's top knot. Well, okay, there are a few exceptions. There are a few exceptions. You called me out, all right. You called me out on my hypocrisy. Right. Leave this guy alone. Let him talk. <laughs> um, no, but the, uh, the way I got into it was actually... Um, it was uh, it was not entirely um, my decision. I'll say that. Uh, so basically, I had a friend who uh, had moved from California to Kentucky, where where I'm from. Another one of my good friends uh, was interested in it. And in California, they actually have it's a lot more. It was a lot more common at that time. This was back 2001 time yeah. period. So he decided uh, that he wanted to learn. And my friend knew a couple things, not even much. But yeah. uh, so they were kind of always running off doing that. 
and I was ended up you know sitting by myself half the time, and uh. and so I was like kind of reluctantly joined in eventually at some point because I was uh. just tired of sitting by myself, and um, it really just kind of grew out of that. Um, shortly after that, I went to college, uh, met up with some. There was actually a club at the college I went to. Nice. So once I got into it, I started getting into it pretty heavy fairly quick, but mm. um, it was a reluctant kind of start to it. So yeah. how steep is the learning curve? Well, I mean it's it's an artistic dance so it's um you know it really depends on what you set your standards to be you know when you say like you know what's the learning curve for you know painting right it's like yeah. well it, it kind of depends you know it's a uh, if you paint anything you're technically a painter right yeah. it's just uh, a question of of what do you consider to be uh, right. to be good right so it's uh it, it's hard to say you know i think def- certainly let's say, put it this way out of out of out of many of the dances, it's not going to be the easiest for sure. But, you know, d- different people have different aptitudes. Some people have, uh, you know, a lot of strength coming into it. Some right. people have natural flexibility. Right. Some people have better rhythm than others, you know. Mm. So, uh, you know, it, it's there's a lot of facets to it that, that you know, like I, I, I particularly shine, I think, originally at the kind of more acrobatic stuff because I had a uh, background in gymnastics when I was younger. No way. Yeah. So, but. Um, Dude, you did a backflip on my birthday. You remember that <laughs> in the in the in the in the, uh, in the gogi jit there? You said like, oh, I don't know how it came I, up in I don't know how it came up in. I do vaguely, yeah, I do vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah. You're like I could do a backflip, but yeah. I really called you straight on, like, dude, you cannot do a backflip. Watch me, <laughs> right between right between two grills. That was wild. That was wild. Might have had a couple of drinks before that one. <laughs> You've been doing it since 2001, 18, yep. 18 years. Probably yeah, about, it's been a while now. About half your life. What what keeps you motivated? What keeps you interested in uh, in the thing? Is it the um, is it the actual dancing? Is it the the pursuit of, of learning new moves or or perfecting or perfecting certain poses or whatnot? Right. Or is it the camaraderie amongst your amongst your dancing uh, your dancing friends? Well, it's certainly uh, it's certainly a, a few of those things mixed together. So, mm. one, like I mentioned before, you know, it really is an artistic uh, outlet. So mm. that being said, you know, it's very physical, but. Uh, you can kind of choose the level of physicality. Yeah, yeah. So over the years, you know, I've really, by necessity, had to dial down some of the the <laughs> difficulty, and, yeah, and no, you no. know, yeah. So I'm not yeah. doing as many flips these days, and, and what, but um, um, but that doesn't mean there's not you know an infinite array of ways you can take the art form. So mm. um, I've become more focused on the dancing aspect and the creativity aspect and the intricacies of. Um, subtleties of the dance and things like that over the years. Um, so that's certainly a big part of it. It, it really, I've kind of grown into different uh, paths mm. through it. But cool. for the for the random observer like myself who doesn't mm. know much about it, the physicality part of it is a huge. That's the oohs and ahs, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, when I see the the contests or whatever, and the guy just does the dancing. I mean, okay, it's cool, but it gets boring fast. When you start flipping, spinning, twisting, twirling, that's the that's the oohs and ahs for the outside yeah, observer, the, right? You're watching ten years of practice, it, like the you're watching the yeah, culminating to thirty seconds of of dance or whatever. Yeah, well, but I mean, the, there's so much more to the. That'd be like saying, you know, when I watch hockey, I only like penalty shots. I only yeah. I, I only like the super saves, but there's so well, much I think more. Hockey's there's so much more. <laughs> No, I, I agree, but I'm saying to the untrained eye, I mean, okay, the guy's dancing, and he can only do the, you know, the beeping and bopping so many times. I'm like, the beeping, what are you making? <laughs> you, you're making a, a vegetable no, but, mix over here? What, what is it called? You challenge a guy, or what's that called when you go across? It's a battle. A battle. You yep. go across, and if that guy's doing all this crazy stuff, I mean, you can't just come back with standing up dance. I mean, you got to get down there and get her done, man. Well, that's true. I mean, if you're not, I mean, and, and, and to be to be honest, I mean, if you're if you're only doing the stand up dance, you're not really breaking. I mean, that's 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 a very limited, you know, that's one portion of breaking, and, yeah. and you really have to exercise all of it. So, yeah, you can you're you're never going to completely get rid of of the 
the physicality of it for mm. sure. I mean, there's there's no way. But that being said, you know, think of it's kind of like a uh, think about a, an older professional athlete of any kind. You know, they're they're never going to be as competitive as they were in their twenties. You know, or whatever. You know, when they're forty or something. You know, yeah. which is what I'm pushing. But that doesn't mean that. Um, you got to evolve. Got to modify your game. That's correct. Yeah. So and, work and, to your strength. Yeah. And, and if you see what I can still do, it's not like I'm, uh, you know, can barely, you know, get on the floor without breaking an ankle or something anymore. <laughs> you know, I still, I still can do some of that stuff. You've gone from breaking to literally. Breaking. Yeah. yeah. What but, is, What is the the duration of a? Are you professional? Or? The lifespan of a B one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Like, do you guys just do shows at, at festivals and stuff, or and what is the What's the lifespan of? Yeah, so we, uh, uh, I mean, we've definitely stepped away from the competition scene. Um, we don't do much, many competitions anymore. That really is the, kind of the younger guys' game, uh, which isn't to Can say. Can you get in like the senior division or something? Or? If they had one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, because that's what's happened, right? Yeah. So many other things now, they just create a, you know, over 40 division or. Right, right, right. And well, it's funny because when I first started, there was basically, uh, it was almost unheard of to have a 30-year-old B-boy. Like it was, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was, was like teenagers and, and young 20s mostly, you know. Everyone was broken. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I was just no, it's because you know it's a, it's a young dance and there hasn't been a history of it like that. So you know it was it was somewhat trendy and things like that. Yeah. And people would fall out of it over time, and yeah. you know we got difficult and things like that. But like skateboarding. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, kind of like how skateboarding used to be, but now yeah. if that's you why I think it's cool watching Tony Hawk. Now he's ancient and he's still doing exactly. awesome tricks. Exactly. I think that's so cool, man. It came up yeah. in. So uh, if your samurai <laughs> man bun became silver and you were still people, I think that'd be cool, man. Right. But what, what a hobby would be if you're if you you know you're 50 60 and you have a group of guys who still does it that'd be deadly right well and that's the thing i mean nowadays there actually is a lot more people who are who are up there in age um like you know video games too man no one our, our parents didn't play video games but now it's the right exactly yeah. it was seen as you know kind of a a, a shallow undertaking or whatever and now yeah, yeah. now it's a you know multi-billion dollar industry that's Absolutely. eclipsing the movie industry so yep. so yeah definitely b1 has, has, has grown up a lot in that time period that i've that i've started in which is one reason i think that i loved it so much was because it was, it was i i started in a really interesting time right uh it was a really a time of of like evolving and and growing for the community and, and the scene in general and the dances and it was just uh, i think it's something that you know Will never be recreated in that respect it's it's actually matured a lot at this point um awesome. although it's still got a ways to go but awesome uh, when you when you came to korea were you coming from where kansas city or from atlanta no I was, uh, so i was originally i was born in kentucky, kentucky uh, that's sorry. where i grew up but no i was, was actually, a k <laughs> <laughs> but uh no i was living in atlanta at the mm-hmm. time because that's that's where i went to college and that's where I, ha- I got my first job after college so do you think if you were in kentucky you would have still run into this path or this situation or i mean atlanta's a, a wild spot to live. I mean, well, technically, I started when I was in Kentucky, okay. um, and then it, it developed but, further while he was. in But there. what I will say is that we we couldn't find anybody in Kentucky. Who was <laughs> <laughs> so we that's kind of what uh, I was getting at. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta's kind of a cool no, scene. Yeah. For we, we would drive stuff. hours to uh, to go to like a rave at that time because that was the only place you could hope to find b boys. Was what is that raves? You yeah. know, of all places. Yeah, before I mean, Facebook. Yeah, I mean, there was there were there was no there was. Can you do head spins with a glow sticks? Yeah, apparently some people can, <laughs> but. Uh, no, that's. I mean, when I came to Atlanta, definitely the uh, the world opened up a little bit as far as that goes. Um, like when I came to Atlanta, there were, I mean, there was a regular practice at my school with you know twenty to thirty people. So well, it'd, be, it'd be like playing hockey and playing hockey here in Ulsan and then moving to to Toronto or Thunder. Right, Coast. right. It's just yeah, different world. Or uh, Prince Albert or Saint Albert, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, little inside joke there. The uh, sorry, I have one more question about yep. about b-boying. When you're preparing for a competition or a battle. No, I guess that would be the same thing. Sorry, a yep. show yep. or or a battle. Sure. When you go in, how choreographed is your is your dance, or is it 
like you're going in blank and just kind of whoa, just freestyling it. Um, the- so I got I gotta take those two separately. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the easy one is for uh, for shows. You know, uh, we, we in the past we've done some choreographed stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, these days we don't do it. We don't do all that many shows anymore. So mm-hmm. we're not. We usually just kind of go in there and just you know we all we're all you know in in the game for you know 20 years or more yeah, or something yeah, like that yeah. so so we kind of have a good understanding of just kind of how to how to make a good show without having explicit choreography yeah. for ba- for battles um usually what happens is, is is you have a certain kind of repertoire of of pieces yeah not necessarily full routines or anything but you have like different pieces and you can kind of uh we we like to compared to like putting together Legos, right? Okay. So you have like, you know, a square block here and you got a flat piece over here yeah. and you, you can just put them together in different ways on the fly, but you know, you have the, you have the building blocks already. Okay. Um, so, so it's just the, just to draw a parallel with, with teaching. I think most, maybe some listeners here are, are, are teachers to draw a parallel with teachers. You'd, are you going to say that? No, I'm just <laughs> laughing that I, I don't, Teach where did teaching come from? This is cool talking about <laughs> no, no, breakdancing and somehow we got teachers in here. No, no, to, 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 par- to parallel it with yeah. teaching, I mean, if you you can go in, you can go into a class <clears throat> blank, and you you have enough uh, segments of classes or enough questions or, or experience, experience. To, right? Uh, exactly to go in uh, to go in and kind of wing wing a class, or, right? Uh, but or, or a lot of people, you know, they, they take that term, you know, like, like wing it as if it's a um, unpre- being unprepared almost, but it's really right. not, it's really not because you know, you, you need to have for 20 years. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you need to have spontaneity. Like that needs to be like, if your Absolutely. plan is so rigid that, that, you know, if, if one thing is different, you know, you get one kid who doesn't know a concept and now your whole, your whole, no, your plan is ruined. Same as the public speaking. Like I tell right. the kids, stop memorizing your speech. Right. If you forget you're frozen and you're done. If you yeah, just yeah. remember key parts, you can just expand on them or, or, you know, evolve, modify it as you yep. go. But the guys who memorize and they forget and you see them, they're just frozen. Like, just say anything. I don't know. I don't know where I am. I don't know what else to say. Right. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah. You don't want to be that rigid. Yeah. Because you can't. If you can't bend, you'll break. Right. Back to the to the battles or whatever. Is what is there a time limit on those? And do you like? I've seen them all the time. And yeah. I, when? How does the guy know when he's up? Is there a bell or something that goes off? Um, so. And how competitive were you guys? Were you winning state championships or? Um, so the there's a couple ways it's it's done. Uh, usually for um, when it's smaller numbers of people, it's 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 by round. So basically, you know the number of exchanges back and forth you go. So like you know if you have it say you have a one on one competition, it usually might only for the opening rounds it might only be you know basically one one round for each side. You know basically one exchange. Okay. Um, but by the by the finals, it might be four four rounds per side or something like but that. But do you call that? I'm going to go for five minutes and. Well, smoke this guy or oh no no because uh, going longer is not better right it's it's you, you know tired, huh? well yeah you're gonna get tired and, and you'll probably just get very sloppy if you go forever too and and it's not you don't get extra points for going extra long right mm. um it's you know it's a it's a stylistic endeavor so the point is to to convince the judges that you are the more skilled mm. you know more creative person and that doesn't necessarily happen need to take a long time to, to prove that one one thing uh when i watch you know the olympics here they have kim Yana, the figure skater when i watch her versus whatever the who's the japanese one asadamo asadamo when you <clears throat> when you watch them obviously i'm not a figure skater haven't well i was say you all already know a lot more about figure skating than <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's huge when you when you live here these are, these are two very two names synonymous with uh, with figure skating but when you when you watch it i have a hard time even with skateboard x games or whatever sure. it, it's very hard to to put a number on sean white's 360 spin versus the other guy's 360 spin 360 and, that's when he was four years old yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
Actually, it was just the the anniversary of Tony Hawk doing the the nine hundred. They were doing the nine hundred. Yeah. What is the scoring based on? Is it who's is is there a, is there a, um, criterion criteria or, or yeah, judging yeah. system? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you just open up. Or is whole... it just what they think? Like, oh, he looked cool. If yeah. Just, if, Nate, if Nate was judging it, you're no. There's you're not really an artistic. There must be an artistic part to it. Without that, when he was talking Kimi and I, I thought. You know, just like I said about the physicality part, watching figure skating, you know, everybody wants to see the big jumps. Right. Because that's what's cool. But I've never noticed the fluidity and the the actual artistic part of it until I watched Kimina and her skating is flawless. I mean, she's she's getting old. She's been out of the game for a while to, now. But just flawless mm. in between the jumps. And that's the part that showed me that she was different was the wow, she's so smooth and fluid when she moves in between the jumps. And that's the first time I ever noticed that in a skater was her. To, to speak to that, there was, the, <clears throat> there was the famous figure skater. I think she might have been American. She was the, the black figure, maybe the first black female figure skater. And she did, the, she did a backflip. Oh, yeah. But she didn't <laughs> win. Uh, because they said it, it's, not about, it, it's not about the fact that you can do a backflip. It is, right, the, right. It is the, the sound of your skates as you're, right. you know, as you're gliding from move to move or, or yeah. whatever. But. That's a concept in breaking we call flow. So, oh, okay, okay. yeah, it's definitely, you know, it, it's obviously it's shared amongst many art, art forms and whatnot. But, um, yeah, to get back to the, 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 the whole judging issue or whatever. So um, that's a little bit of a can of worms, and that's something that's, like, still hotly debated within the, the, the b-boying community today. Absolutely, um, yeah. So there's been, um, you know, in the past it really has been just kind of like a council of elders, so to speak. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like you get the guy who's been doing it for a long time, who everyone respects, and just ask him what he thinks. You know, that's... But there's got to be some bias in that too, right? Well, that's 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 definitely part you of know, the point. Is that the California versus the versus the Atlanta? Oh yeah, Atlanta. absolutely. Bias, bias was, a, was was a huge part of, of the judging scene my entire career, and, and it still is in many ways. Um, yeah. a, a few people have actually tried to come up with with thought out, defined judging <laughs> systems. But um, that's I think that's almost spoils the fun though, right? Because well, you're going to get people developing developing their their, their routines right, right. based on based on that system based on that, yeah, yeah. right but, but that's for competition style right like if you think of the figure skating now the, the show that comes to here once a year it's the Disney or the whatever show and that's just for fun and they can really show what they really want to do what they really enjoy without checking all the boxes but when you go to the competition they want to know that you can do these skills these jumps these whatever right but they have after for fun they're still professional skaters they do shows all over the world and they get to showcase whatever they want they but do the backflips yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. But I, I think the the cool thing about b boying is that it is kind of still an underground thing, and it's kind of alternative to you know to a right. to a traditional hobby. And I think once you put those strict more guidelines in, then then it's going to be yep. you're going to look over here. There's going to be dance hagwon, dance academy, and you know it's going to be. Uh, oh. It kind of takes it might take the fun out of it. No? Well, you, well, you I think that's lots of those <laughs> yeah, lots of those yeah. art forms is like that. I think. Yeah, yeah it, it absolutely is. I mean, we're not um yeah we're not the first to encounter this uh, tension. Yeah. Uh, but it is and it is a strongly like I said strongly debated and and it will never it will never be resolved because because you're both you know you're both right that. You know, when you when you have any sort of judging system, even even an unofficial one, even a poorly poorly defined one, mm. you still will have people, whether knowingly or unknowingly, gravitating towards the things they think will help them win the competition. Absolutely. Um, as opposed to being purely about self-expression, whatever yeah. you know, whatever that ends up being for that person. Um, so that's always that that tension will never go away. It will always be there. Uh, people will continue to argue about it forever. So. You know, I, that's why I don't take a, a side in the fight because you know there's there's reasons for both to exist for for, for no scoring system to exist and for one to exist. Yeah. I mean, I, I I can I feel for the guys who actually want to be able to make that the dance into a, some sort of like live, living 
you know, some way to make a living. Mm. And that's never going to happen without some sort of, you know, judging system. There's Absolutely. no, you know, there's no way you can't have a... Are uh, there people doing that now? So, yeah. So like I said, there's a couple systems out there now yeah. um, that are used in various... Actually, one of them was kind of pioneered in the uh, the Korea's R16 competition, which is which was a huge competition. I don't know if they're still doing it or not. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of uh, used heavily there. Um, and, you know, and they, and they, you know, they're, they're, they're created by B-Boys. So it's not like they're, they're not, they, they understand the, it's the, not the some, issues. It's not some CEO looking down and correct. Like, yeah. More yeah, yeah. head spins. But right. if they're not, if they're not your style, th- then you, you don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they were creative in the way they set up the systems in that, like, you know, they basically have like, they might have categories and things like that. One of the categories might be originality, you know, one right. of the categories. So, so it, it's just, it's not, it's not that the, uh, the systems are so rigid that it's like prescribing what moves you have to do mm-hmm. but it is it is saying here's an array of concepts that you need to demonstrate and you know there will still be you will still need experienced knowledgeable mm-hmm. judges to judge for those particular categories or you know for those concepts but even even in our in our sport football hockey whatever the even those rules are still evolving right sure every every time. every year they're they're changing whether it's Trying a cre- to make the, it better, yeah. crease right. rule or the main thing that i always like want to stress though is the difference between sports and b-boying which you know there's many parallels but mm. The art, the fact that there is an artistic element to it, hmm. does is significant and and it's something that has to be kind of grappled with. Right? You've never Absolutely. seen all the diving in hockey. <laughs> Soccer. Okay. Football, good, no? point, just, good point. Just for any listeners out there who might be intrigued by by this b-boying and stuff, what what is or what was your crew name? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm more versed in hockey, but your crew name. And uh, where could we? F- Find you on YouTube or online, or if someone wants to check you out, or AtlantaTopNotch.com. Uh, yes, you got it. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, my no, my crew is Burn Unit, and uh, our, we actually have a website which is uh, BurnUnitATL.com, all one word. It, it, there's there's a few videos on there. There's some you know pictures and things like that. That's for us. That's that's basically just a kind of a front page for you know if we do shows and things like that, a way for people to get in contact with us. Um, so it's not you know it's not uh, some huge built out site, but um, how many people on your team? Um, so it's kind of it's it's changed over the years. Uh, as far as active dancers we have right now, we have about five active dancers, all of them thirty five plus. So um, you know we're we're staying strong. Experience, <laughs> I mean, experience. experience. That's I right. coach the hockey to the the men's team here and the hockey team, and we have guys that are 45, 50, and they only started playing ten years ago. I mean, I, I'll play till I die, as long as I'm physically possible. But I think it's awesome if that's what you yeah. do and that's what you like, even if it you say ends up being less physical and more about the artistic and the dancing. I think that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think it's a terrible misconception that seems like a lot of people have is that if you can't, if there's no potential to be, you know, top level, that there's no point in doing, you know, oh, activity like that, you know. Baloney. Yeah, so I it's like, you know, that that's something I definitely try to, you know, if, anyone who ever tells me like, oh, I'm too old to, 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 to start breaking or something like that, you know, I, you know, I'll probably launch into a speech or something. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys ever win any competitions or or what's the level? Yeah, so... Um, Give us an idea of how famous or right. popular okay. or Okay, well, this might sound a little bit like a cop-out, but we, we were, we were, ne- <laughs> we were never, uh, in, we never intended to be the highest world-class level of of, of competition competitors yeah. um, we were always more interested in the the artistic outlet out having fun um, you know just just following whatever path felt right to us um, but that being said yeah I mean we, we, we won a number of competitions over the years and things like that nothing on like a national level right. um, and b-boy is not organized enough to actually have a structure to their to their events I mean mm. every event is basically thrown by you know an individual or a group or something like that who just throws an event um, yeah. there, there's no coordination there's no there's no hierarchy, okay. you know, to the scene or anything like that. So I mean, it is 2019. You say B-boy. 
I, I, I've watched some. I, I don't watch enough. Are there many girls involved? I, I mean, I'm sure there are, but yeah. is there is it a boys' division, girls' division, or is there mixed teams, or how does it work? Um, so uh, we actually, uh, out of the five active dancers in my crew, two of them are, are women. Cool. Um, and not only that, but they're extremely skilled women, too. They're, um, they they can take out a lot of guys, um, for sure. <laughs> um, not even a question. So I, I would say there's, there's a little bit of a mix as far as uh, that goes. So so there, there definitely are B-girl competitions. And, 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 and then B-boy competitions have never excluded women. Yeah. Um, they've always been available to, to, to compete in those. There, but there also are sometimes, you know, B-girl exclusive competitions. Mm. Um, and then a lot of times it ends up just being a mix. You know, like, like I said, Two of the five in my crew are girls, so you know, out of all the competitions I've done over the years, you know, many, most of them have been w- with them, you know, and so it's it's uh, it's not uncommon to have girls in competitions at all. But they are definitely still minority as far as just pure numbers go. Your wife is Korean. Does she dance? Uh, she doesn't. She doesn't break. But um, it, it's interesting you mentioned that because that's part of the reason why we kind of hit it off to begin with. Is she was actually taking a hip hop dance class when I met her. Um, so that kind of gave me. That was kind of a, a, a shared commonality. Um, you know, I don't do hip hop per se, but um, <laughs> as they call it, which is funny because originally breaking is the real hip hop dance. But but yeah, so that was kind of a, a, a something we I lashed onto is is a is, is a commonality um, between us. Um, but since then, yeah, she hasn't really pursued uh, dance any anymore. Cool so. for anyone, any young kids in uh, in Korea who are listening, or maybe there's some kids back home that <clears throat> that are listening and interested in in dance. What advice would you give? for uh, up-and-coming uh, break dancers? Well, I mean, uh, it depends on, I guess, if they're trying to get started or if they're trying to improve. So, like, if mm-hmm. they're getting started, the main thing is just, you know, find people who, you know, who, who you have access to that, that know something about it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, when I, like I said, when I first started, I, you know, I had a friend who, who knew, like, a few moves, and yeah. that was it. So, you know, if I actually had a, uh, if, from the very beginning, if I had someone who could really show me the ropes, I would have moved a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was lucky enough to, to move to Atlanta fairly soon mm-hmm. after, um, so that that did help a lot, but yeah. So that would be the first thing, you know. Find find people who know what they're doing, yeah. just like just like any craft or art form or whatever, yeah. right? You, you you need mentors, you need people who can can show you how to. Is how there to, uh, is there online stuff too that people like? Is there is oh, there some yeah. dedicated uh, for ESL teachers? You can go to right, 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 right. burnunitatlanta.com <laughs> <laughs> tutorials by yours truly. Sorry, no tutorial section, but um. No, I mean that's the thing. That's the funny thing is, you know, when I started, there was there was no YouTube or anything like that. Yeah. So, um, um, you know, we really had to learn, you know, one on one, you know, mouth to mouth sort of uh, uh, teaching. But nowadays, there's there's numerous numerous ways out there, and and you know, and I'm all for all that. Uh, but I still think you can't understate the importance of having someone physically present to, to work with you, right? So yeah. I mean, so yeah, by all means, you know, go to YouTube, look up, you know, there's a million tutorials on YouTube and things like that. The kind of the forums that used to be around a lot are, are kind of dying off these days. Everything's moved off to, to Facebook or YouTube. Yeah. And, <clears throat> like you said too, it's not it's not about learning the move and getting better and, and winning the winning the competition. It's mm-hmm. more about the about hanging out with buddies, having a passion, growing. And that's the cool I, part I, that you can do it on your own, just like the, skateboarding. Growing up when I was young, I mean, it mm-hmm. wasn't about YouTube didn't exist then, and you just challenged each other and tried to do something bigger higher better faster different whatever yeah but that's the cool part of it yeah and and i wouldn't even discourage people who, who like who think like oh that looks cool i want to be able to like impress a girl for example yeah that's actually how a lot of a lot of great b-boys started you know oh, yeah? yeah very you know some seemingly superficial reasons you know yeah. like like i said you know i started because i was bored because my friends were doing it and i wasn't you know and so found, found yeah passion I, in it exactly i didn't i didn't and then start we moved off to korea and tried to impress the women <laughs> right, right, right. in the streets of sundown <laughs> <laughs> right 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 <laughs> 
you know, so so I never I, I would never tell anyone to uh, that, that you know oh that's you know you can't you can't start like that. You need to understand the, the art form of it from the beginning. You're like no, if you if you think it looks fun and interesting, you know, give it a tr- give it a shot, and you know who knows maybe it will grow into to, to something more later. But mm. Brian mentioned earlier there the dancing part of it and also the cars. I'd like to uh, to hear a little more about the cars and if you. I know if you're on the burn unit villain social media stuff there, especially on Instagram, you see a lot of cars. What's uh, what's the deal? That's V Y V Y L L Y N, yeah, V-Y-L-L-Y. which is actually my my b boy name. So we'll post that's it. where it comes from. We'll post it on with the podcast later on the website. But yeah, you got uh, you got some pretty pretty cool looking cars there, man. Want to explain well, when did the when did the the interesting cars right. come about and and what are you uh, what are you guys doing now? Well, uh, so I would say I actually uh, my interest probably originally started back in high school um, when I had I had a friend who who at that time got it. I remember it was a, uh, a VW Jetta. Sweet. And uh, yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> no, known for its muscular stature. And, uh, <laughs> No, it was basically a basically a rolling suppository, but it was. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember him, you know, him doing some doing some work on it and things like that, and I just I thought it was kind of interesting because at that time, you know, I was working a you know, minimum wage job, you know, sixteen years old or whatever. Yeah. I had no money for, you know, I had a I had a, a 90, 1990 Volvo, which was what I was driving, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and so I do remember being, you know, kind of jealous of, of of him having, you know, a newer, nicer car that he was actually, you know, kind of modifying and doing yeah. all stuff. So that first got me interested, but I really had no no funds to work with, and uh, I didn't really have anyone else besides him. Who knew anything about it, and, and you know he was no expert. So that was kind of where my interest got peaked. Yeah. But it wasn't really. I would say I really didn't really start getting involved until out of college, um, when I got my first job, where I actually had disposable income. Yeah. So yeah. So kind of my my first car that I really started working on was uh, was a 2005 Infiniti G35. You know, I was just kind of learning the ropes. Uh, kind of met up with the, with there was a local club of, of people there, and so kind of just started learning slowly through that. And then it just so happened that some of the b boys that I was involved with too. We're kind of a little bit into the car scene, mostly mostly one guy, my man Totem, mm. and so we kind of realized that we had that interest aligned as well, um, and that kind of is what led uh, towards a, a deeper dive into cars, and that slowly over time that morphed from you know from more modern cars to the to the older classics and things like that. And, cool. Um, so that's kind of where it came from. How hands-on are you? How much of the, the, the fixing up do you do? So I would like to consider myself a professional amateur. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> You're as good at fixing cars as I am at speaking Korean? <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably yeah. something like that. You know, it, kind of like similar to the, to the, to the b-boying stuff, you know, I, I look at it as an opportunity to like, to learn and, and, learn and the, 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 yeah, the process is part of the fun. So th- there's very little on a car I won't touch. Um, I don't really build engines, for example. Mm-hmm. That's probably one thing where I, I just haven't worked my way up to that yet. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, mo- most other things, you know, I've done, you know, body work, you know, painting stuff, suspension, you know, any of that. I mean, I've done a lot of modification for sure. There's nothing that I won't try, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's, 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 it's interesting because, you know, it's hard to draw a line. You know, there's just, there's certain niches that I'm, you know, probably very ignorant about and, um, and then the other ones where I'm very comfortable in. So, cool. but all the body work, all the painting, all the you, you guys do all that yourself. Yeah. So we yeah we do all our own body work. We do all our own painting. We don't we don't like uh, this is not something we you know we don't consider ourselves professional. So we don't we don't offer this as like a service we sell or anything <laughs> like that. You know. But we definitely we do all our own cars. Because we don't want to screw your car up. Yeah. We yeah. don't want to take responsibility when we don't do something just perfectly right or whatever. At least you know? if it's mine, I can deal with it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If we kill ourselves, you know, we uh, we can live with that. But so. that's I mean. 
I think making mistakes is the best way to go forward. When that's you when you, you when you screw up the first paint job, you'll know. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's been a long uh, a long journey just to get where we are. And like I said, we're you know we still got a long ways to go too. So, but that's the fun, right? That's the it's the it is about the journey. So. I'm so I'm so embarrassed and shy to say like changing a tire. Yeah. Which, like, <laughs> I, I I gotta Google it. Or I, I, I think I, I might be able to change a tire, but yeah, changing geez. how old cha- are you? Changing thirty four. <laughs> changing Holy changing man. oil. Oh I'm, man. I'm brutal. <laughs> Come on, you can't change the oil. I, I, honest to God, I have no idea how to change the oil. <laughs> I would not. I would not have no to begin. Did the mille- are the millennials thirty four years old? Yeah. Yeah. Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we got yeah, other. Yeah. I got other skills. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's, it's le- yeah. Before it was kind of like a, a, you you kind of had to because cars weren't as uh, weren't as reliable and, and you know you couldn't you couldn't just take it somewhere as easily as you can. But, and it was fifteen dollars at home and fifty bucks at the shop. Well, and, well, and, it, and that's and still it, true though. And it took fifteen minutes. I yeah. mean, you could do it before breakfast. Oh God! Even well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Bright Pack a tent up. Minute, the one minute tent no, took, listen, took one and a half hours to pack up, so maybe the oil changed also. Listen, do you hear about that? No, we, no. Listen, we went camping, <laughs> and smart ass Brian, I got a, I had to buy the the three second pop up tent, right? And I watched Nate go in there. Oh, you know, struggle. I took the regular time to, to put it, it up. It took to, twenty minutes, you know, right. and I was that's uh, part of the joy. There's of a process. The tent. Sure, I had I had cracked a beer and I was sitting back just enjoying <laughs> watching him. Oh, how's your, you know, are you liking my three second tent? But dude, the fold up in the three second time. <laughs> Listen, first it was hungover. Second, I got Nate chirping in my ear. And then my wife starts going like, "What's wrong? Why don't you do?" And listen, that, it just it <laughs> snowballed just, out of control from there. Dude, <laughs> look at the instructions. It says it only takes twenty seconds. Come on! It compounded my anger, and it almost dude. There was steam coming out of my ears. It was too. It was too much on a Sunday morning. Oh yeah, it was too much on a Sunday. But well, I can relate because honestly, even even things I've done many times before on cars, it always takes me about three times longer than I think it should take me. So oh That's god, just, it's just so it's a human human condition, man. Yeah. I'm always so optimistic. Like, dude, well, why would I have to practice this at home? Putting, putting my. <laughs> I saw the video on TV. It, it looks like it takes three seconds. That's right. The guy did it in five minutes, right? Yeah, that guy's been practicing for four years. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, He's got a degree in, in tent tent folding. Yeah, exactly. what what which do you, Korea probably offers? <laughs> <laughs> if anywhere does, probably be Korea. <laughs> I'm curious. What what do you drive on a day to day basis? Um, so because in, in Canada it's too cold for half the year, so you put your nice cars away and bring them out. In the spring again. Yeah, yeah, so I live in Georgia, so we don't we don't we don't understand this concept of summer and winter tires. Okay. Oh, okay. So okay, hey, we, 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 we didn't either right? until <laughs> you know twenty five years ago, but yeah, now it's mandatory. So I have slicks on some of my cars. So uh, it doesn't oh, matter what weather it is; it's it's it's, <laughs> it's not a good idea to drive it on the on the street. But so actually, no. Uh, as I was kind of mentioning before we started this podcast, I've been I've been working on my seventy nine Cressida, which I'm I'm trying. My intention is that is going to be my daily driver. However, it's not yet. So I'm, right now, I'm just driving a beater. Uh, it's just like a two thousand Mitsubishi Mirage, so yeah. killing killing the game. So so then what 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 would your ideal car be if you could if you could do or fix up anything what what kind of car would it be and is it about the paint job the body work the hydraulics what what is it about i'm sure i'm, I'm gonna shock you when i say this but um it, <laughs> can, they, can they accent 2000, 2001 <laughs> matisse what is yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> kia morning tico ah he got me he got me no i mean i i, I couldn't i couldn't give you one dream car because my dream would be to have many cars but um it, it to me it, it is about 
it is about the style over over any um, particular like performance, performance numbers. Because yeah. let's let's be honest, you know, no no one is no one is driving their race car at the highest levels of performance on on, sure. on roads, especially in Atlanta, uh, which is not which is kind of known for its traffic. So, so, so yeah. Yeah. like meet uh, yeah. what's the meet the parents? Oh, okay. <laughs> They're racing from red light to red light, right, right. like the taxi drivers in Olson. Yeah. Right, right, right. So no, so for me, it's uh you know especially when it comes to, like a daily driver, I want something that you know it can be slow. And, and and just look good, and that, that that's enough for me. So, but an eye catcher. That's Head right. Turner. And 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 you know, if you if you look at the cars and and my my crew, you know, we you can see that we're all about kind of customization and personalization and that sort of thing. It's um, you know, none of our cars are going to look like any other car, even for that's you know for similar models. So like, if you look at like the classic American scene, you'll, you'll, you can find a hundred Camaros that all look more or less the same. Yeah. Uh, you look at my friend's Camaro; it doesn't look anything like most other Camaros. It's um, a top nut. It's a it, well, <laughs> in, in a way, yeah, because uh, basically he's taking a lot of like Japanese styling cues and added it to an American, American I, classic American car. I noticed too; you have Japanese written on your on the banner, on yeah, the banner, yeah, yeah, on my Z, yeah. And that's uh, right. So, so I mean, we kind of all subscribe to this idea of 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 uh, kind Japan's of cool of mixing, <laughs> of, well, mixing and matching cultures, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so classic American is cool. Classic Japanese is cool. Sure. You know, like it, we don't we don't believe in staying in these like rigid lines of like, yeah. well, you have to do it. This is the proper way to do a car. You have to do it this way. I you think know? your 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 crew and their wives are I think you guys are pretty ethnically diverse as well, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You guys Korean, American. Yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. We, we we kinda run the run the gamut, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. The, I think you see that when you go to Japan. have you been in Japan? Yep. So yeah, I don't know if that's an inspiration dude. or not, but <laughs> man, even in the small towns, the small cities, you'll see a random, you know, old Buick going by and then he starts hitting the air and Holy shit! The thing's hopping down the street. <laughs> what the what the heck is that, man? I thought you know they're driving Toyotas and Hondas and Mitsubishis, and then you see some of the old the old classics come by, and you know these big long boat sedans, and all of a sudden they're on air and they get big rims and cool rims, and it's awesome. There, they've also done that. And, Absolutely. And just to touch the just to touch on Japan as well. If you guys want to see Scott and his crew dancing, you guys five six years ago, you guys did the the Puma. Try ten. Come on. That was 10 years ago. It was right after I got back from Korea. No yep. way. Yeah, 2009. Oh, my God. That's wild. Yeah. Wow, that's, what was that's it? wild. You guys did some sort of commercial, had some sponsorship from Puma, and they went to Japan, made a... Dude, I've, I knew Scott danced. I looked at this. I went, what? Like, there was... You guys, like, walking on walls and, and backflipping. Right, 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 right. That's cameras. That's cameras. Dude. <laughs> it's all in the editing. It was, it was wild. It was... Uh, so, so what is it? Where do they find that? Where can we... Uh, uh, the, well, some of those clips are, are on our on our Burn Unit ATL website. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, you can definitely find some there. We'll throw them on um, our uh, social media too. Yep. That, that was really that was. I looked at that. I'm not into b-boying or, or anything. I looked. I went. That's cool. That yeah. that was like a what, five ten minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, there was a number of, of small segments. Most of them were actually only like couple to two minutes or so. Mm. You know, like they're kind of like not very short clips. You know. But that was uh, that was really cool. Really uh, really interesting to watch. You guys had like some night scenes. So yep, yep. It was cool. I, I, oh yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. That. that was a fun trip. That it was... reminded me of uh, I, I see some of the Red Bull kind of shorts now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe uh, a guy driving his BMX bike over some old abandoned city or something. Yeah, and that's yeah. Kind, of, kind of what it reminded me of. I liked. Uh, I really enjoyed that. You guys should check it I, out. That, that's the. I mean, we used to go to Japan a lot, right? Back, the won was really strong and the yen was not. 
we used to go all the time with our with our younger buddies back in the the day here and we used to go all the time and it was just so it seemed so much cooler than here there were there, <laughs> there were so many subcultures there were so many different groups and different things and korea seemed so homogeneous and i mean that that's when you know all the school kids had all the same haircut the same uniform it's it, getting better it's progressing oh, it's now. very very different yeah. now but yeah 15 years ago i mean god it was I remember saying, if you drop me off by a helicopter in, in the middle of, you know, a city in China or a city in Korea, you'd think Korea was more communist just superficially because everything and everybody was the same. Go to Japan, man, it was it was wild. There was so much, you know, cool stuff going yeah, on. I, I felt it was a... Well, I had to do a couple of visa runs there. And when I went in, I felt it was cooler, more laid back or mm. more... They had more style or it wasn't It just so, evolved a little bit so, longer, a little less protective, yeah. a little... And now Korea's gotten that way. And like you say, the B-boy scene here yeah. is is wild now and and it's korea's really evolved where i don't know where japan would probably seem a lot more similar to me now that as it was then but korea is completely different it's, it's really cool now but it's it's changed a lot sorry i want to get back it, so you'd like to have lots of cars but if you could have the ideal one and the style is it a, is it a big car a small car a, a four-door a yeah. Oh yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, again, that's like an, an impossible question to answer because like you're asking me to like, you know, it's like which which kid would you love the most? You know, like you know, it's like well, the first one, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I try to build my ideal car, right? My 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 Z is is one one incantation of my ideal car, right? right. Um, now, you know, sure there are things about it where if I had unlimited time and money, yeah, I would I would continue to to improve or whatever. But you know, in a realistic sense, it's not not that far off. So, you know, I, I, I do, I will say this, you know, right now I don't have any, any uh, American muscle in my collection. I definitely need to add that at some point, you know, so I, I, as far as uh, just to give you something a little more concrete to, uh, to hopefully satisfy you, um, <laughs> if, if I had to pick something right now, like one of the things I've been kind of lusting over recently is, is, is either like a, a, a fastback Mustang or, or potentially a charger as far as like uh, American muscle goes that those are two that are on my list. Um, unfortunately right now they're still. Hard, hard to get a hold of, especially for any sort of reasonable price. And, and my priorities just don't, uh, won't allow me right now to, to, to drop too much money on a car um, when I already have a few in, in the stable. Mm. So, but at some point, I mean, I, I will absolutely be there, and uh, it's just a matter of time. That's awesome. I think you got to head north there and find uh, some of those old farmyards there where you pick them up cheap and bring it down on a trailer. Potentially, but you know, uh, with you know two kids and a job and a, and a side business and all this other stuff, you know, it's it's going going to uh, the middle of nowhere to go search for for, for a barn <laughs> find is not yeah. exactly on the menu. Watch yeah. the kids. Honey, I'm going out to a barn. Yeah, right. That's Where's the barn? I don't know. I'm just gonna cruise around. Yeah, that's gonna go real well. Anyways, we've touched on uh, on Korea. What about Atlanta? You you said you went to school there, and you decided to you decided to stay in Atlanta. What compare? I mean, if I moved home, I always said I would probably go to my hometown, close to my family. You are how far from your family? Where are you? Uh, so I'm about six hours from where I grew up, which okay. is where my parents still live. Yeah. Um, I do have a, an aunt and uncle who who are less than an hour away from me in Atlanta. Cool. Um, so that that that's nice because then when my, my parents will come visit. They also we get to visit with them, yeah, and yeah. you know it's another reason for them to come and things like that. Cool. But um, so what keeps you what keeps you in Atlanta? So really, what keeps you in Atlanta? In Atlanta is uh, ja Rule. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I was I was gonna say Jermaine Dupree, but no, no. Okay. no, no, no. Um, no, I mean, th there's lots of things I do like about the city of Atlanta, but for me, uh, you know, a location's never as important as, as the people who are there. Yep. And uh, that's that's where my, you know, adopted family is. You know, that, that's where my crew is. That's where, they, you know, we've been for years. And there's very little that 
could be offered by any location that would that would be more valuable to me than that. So, yeah. um, so that's really what's kept me there. Um, but that being said, you know, like I said, there are things I like about the city itself. I mean, we are you know involved in the you know the car scene there, and and we were involved in the dance scene for a long time there. Mm-hmm. So there are other roots um, that, yeah. that kind of keep me there too. So not just about you, your wife's Korean. Is there a big Korean population there? Is there a community that? she's involved with or I know it's very diverse but I mean what is the Korean scene like I mean compared to the West Coast maybe or yeah so she uh, so she lucked out because uh, you know I, I you know me being in Atlanta had nothing to do with uh, any sort of Korean community there but uh, actually the Atlanta Korean community I believe is the third largest in the US wow. um, after New York and LA so yeah so there's a, a quite large Korean community there there's you know basically the entire section of town where you know there's more signs in Korean than there are in English she's she's much more personable than I am so she's got tons of tons of Korean friends and pretty active and and, and that way you know like I said she got she got pretty lucky but if she didn't have that would that influence where you were staying or not i mean it would certainly be a uh it would be a a factor factor. (laughs) i'm not ready to put a weight on it just yet but uh (laughs) there's an expat dads in korea site here Mm -hmm. i've read posts in the past where the american or canadian dads move home and their wives join the join the church as a as a way to meet new people and whatnot and they said uh, a lot of the times the church ends up being almost like a poisonous almost a, a very there's poisonous. always a choose a side uh, there's always the these moms and or these wives and these wives and you you can't just go you go there and you pick one team or the other and then right. and you're obviously against the other and that's that's even uh, you can see that not even from the anecdotes online but if have you seen the tv show kim's convenience no have you seen it nope. no it's uh it, i think it's filmed in toronto it's it's based on a korean family the dad owns the the pioneer the convenience right, store right. and you know the daughter's dating a white guy the son's whatever but the mom, when she goes to church, there's always the, my galbi is more delicious than yours. And, she fights, <laughs> and, the, and the other ladies always pumping up like, my daughter went to this university. Right, the She's competition. Be a doctor. Yeah. And is that the, I don't know if you have any experience with this, but I know there's the, the mega churches in, in Atlanta. Is it as poisonous down there? Is it? as the stuff that we've seen well uh i guess thankfully i can say that uh, i'm not entirely sure we because we we've managed to avoid most of that i think but um <laughs> um yeah ne- i mean neither of us we don't attend a church so um but that being said you know we are kind of the exception um i, mean, I would say you know it seems like nine out of ten koreans and you know do go to some some church you know um, that's that's as a in atlanta probably not so much for the it's a fitting in it's a it's a getting a community oh, yeah, yeah. you know for for community absolutely so absolutely the, no i mean it's it's clear that a lot of them are, are there for the community and not yeah. for necessarily religious purposes yeah, yeah. but um um and and, and kelly has been tempted before to to join certain things for that that kind of reason as well um you get the louis vuitton bag on a, <laughs> on a, on a fishing rod yeah just because it is so per- pervasive right i mean yeah. it's kind of hard it's almost hard to avoid you know yeah. um and so so i don't know all the details about the inner inner going ons of those uh those particular institutions but um i mean there's certainly some of those you know competitive streaks you know I've, I, that i've seen and uh yeah. you know sometimes more explicit than others and so it certainly exists to some extent um you know i'm sure there's some places some pockets where it's worse than others but um yeah. you know it, 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 it's a there's an undercurrent of, of some of that stuff for sure i don't think it's that much different than here i mean foreigners come here all the time and maybe what they're interested in at home isn't available here and you kind of join this or you you go to a bar that you normally wouldn't go to or or you join the church Mm -hmm. or because you're just looking for that That familiarity new possibilities uh, right absolutely but the the proverbial 
pissing contest between <laughs> between Koreans outside of your your crew and and the and the Koreans. Do you notice that? Maybe talking with with school friends, right, like, right, like people you grew up with. Is it is it a, a, a pissing contest at home too? Right, Keep, keeping up with the Joneses, kind right, of? right. Well, I mean, so so yeah, I you know I particularly live a. a a fairly insulated life, I'll say like that. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I have my, my core group of people I spend my time with and, and I don't spend a lot of time outside of that. I'll say that. Um, I think that's probably, it's pretty healthy to have your, have your group of friends where I, I don't think if your friend bought, uh, if you paid 10 grand for your car and your friend paid 12, you're not looking at them like, Oh, Oh, step your game up, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, so yeah, so, 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 you know, I, I actively avoid those kind of situations. I avoid people who, who, who behave like that or, or who, who, who try to make living competitive. Uh, but that being said, you know, uh, Kelly, my wife is much more uh, sociable, much more involved with the larger community, especially the Korean community. Yeah. And uh, so I definitely hear some of those things from her. Um, and of course, like all things, you know, it, it, there's, there's people who are, who are heavy into that stuff and people who are not at all into it. And, yeah. and so, you know, I just keep encouraging her to, to, you know, be careful about the company she keeps and, you know, she's, she's aware of it and she's, you know, sensitive to that sort of thing. And, mm. but she's also, you know, like, again, you know, her, her nature is just such that, you know, she, she's not quick to cut people off. Um, you know, even if they've done some things that, you know, I would have long ago left yeah, them, yeah. left them in the dust. So, <laughs> Very um, forgiving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you just got back from Canada. What, what did you, I mean, I haven't been back for four years. I'm going back in a, in a week or two. I have been to the States a couple of times in between West Coast and to Florida. You just got back. What, I mean, without, you're without, probably two or three years. What do you... Without going into too much detail, I'm from a relatively, uh, relatively small town. And it, I do I do see that. I don't, I don't blame the people. I think it's, I think it's just the, the culture in general of overconsumption. I need yeah. this. I need this size house. I need this kind of car. It, it's it's not yeah. exclusive to yeah. my to my hometown. But Humans are naturally competitive in general, and they'll find something to be competitive it's about. Just, just it's just coming here, you know, moving abroad. I think I've just come to appreciate maybe the more important things in life. And who knows mm-hmm. when when other people will will kind of clue into it's not the size of my house, it's not what car I drive that that really makes you happy because. I came here. We're we're very comfortable in our in our careers now, and it's not how much money. If you have ten grand, I mean, you don't want no money, but having enough money. If you got a house, you got food, man. It comes down to who your buddies are, and I think mm-hmm. you're you're a living testament to this. Yeah. You know, if you have a, a good group of friends that you can rely on, that you can share time with, and and share experiences with, that's that's what life's about it's so it's so simple it's such a such a simple concept but um i I think buying shit and over consumption and just we're we're almost we're hypnotized by you know by by advertisements and and whatnot and that's you know another benefit we always talk about living here we can kind of march the beat of our own drum there's no when I go to the department store right. for class, not to buy shit. <laughs> when I go to the department store to <laughs> sure, sure. Well, when I when I go there, to, you know, on on my way to class, I see the advertisements, but it's a it's a Korean guy, you right. know, and it, that yeah. doesn't. It's that's easy not to distance really, yourself from it. Absolutely, I'm not to even the YouTube here. People might think that's weird, but right. all the commercials are Korean. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, all the commercials right, are right, Korean. Right, right. So when when there's yeah. a, it's easy to just tone it out or you know zone out from it. But oh, even yeah. from even from being on the bus or, or at work or anywhere, I mean, you can turn your Korean ears on or you can yeah. just leave them off. And part of the thing I usually find going home is just being able to understand and process all the ramblings going on around me. Like you're hearing it and you're understanding it all the time. Here, I have to consciously turn my ears on to listen to people talking around me if I want to understand. 
But if I don't, totally, I, I just get to, you know, do my own thing. And, and I think that's really one of the best parts of being in a place where you don't fully understand everything is that you don't have to listen it's to other people. one of the reasons I have in, complain in, <laughs> whatever, right? I mean, you want to listen, turn them on. You don't want to, let her go. In here too, when because we do have Korean families and when there, when there is pressure to conform to a, to a social norm, for example, when, when I got married, one thing I, I didn't want to do is totally burden myself with, with 35 years of debt for a house. Hmm. So we got a starter house something totally affordable was it was it the nicest place in the world no was parking a pain in the ass yes you know do i in the morning do i have to go push cars yes you know did i drive a a matisse until two three years ago absolutely why because i got the i got the longer vision right was it uncomfortable pulling up to the you know pulling up to the college and students see you driving like a a three thousand (laughs) dollar jumper yeah you know it sucked but you gotta you got to be able to swallow your pride at some point. And I think, again, being being a foreigner here, you can just say, hey, it's Canadian style. Right. And people kind of, eh, well, maybe it is Canadian style. You know, do right. do what you want. And hey, you, you get it's a free common pass. sense. <laughs> it's, absolutely. Right. but I'm going to get but, to retire. You're not. But I, think, <laughs> I think we're, we're lucky in the fact, too, that, I mean, Western societies in general have a lot more kind of hold hold individuals in uh, I think a, a higher esteem um, there's not as much pressure to, to conform not to say it's not existent of course yeah. it, of course it is but not I think not to the extent it is in, in Korea and a lot of places like that where where you know I you can kind of see the the looks on people's faces and like you said as, as a foreigner you get you <laughs> yeah. kind of get a pass on a lot of that stuff Absolutely. you know because they, they know like oh you you don't know that you're supposed to you know do do it this way and yeah. Nate that's a nice shirt what, what's the brand on that yeah Kirkland <laughs> 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 sounds exotic okay. Yeah. But even Costco exotic. <laughs> but it is, yeah. That's another thing too. Even with the with the fashion here, man. It's man, I don't know. I buy regular when I go home. I'll buy regular American Eagle pants, or I don't know if that's. Cool. I was just just talking to my sister last night, and I said, "Hey, we need some Canada gear. All the stuff the girls have is kind of getting smaller and it's worn out." And she's got this one shirt. It's a beaver, and it's got a beaver tail on the back that flaps up and down and it's got it's got the beaver teeth on the front and it's a, it, she loves the shirt but it's just getting too small and she said well yeah it's all on sale it was just canada day and everything's on sale and i said go pick it up man i said but nothing more than like 10 bucks She's like everything's two and three dollars they're perfect listen dude uh, that's all we need man I don't, know, I, don't know. Is good. I don't know if people at home do this but when we go home there's one like used kids clothes store Dude, it, they're like dollar T-shirts, yeah. and they're no, it's it's a normal. You'd have no idea if it's oh yeah, if it's expensive or if it's been used five times. Until or, you bring it back to Korea, right? <laughs> they got those eyes yeah. that you know they do know the exactly scan up and down. Is, is that Blue Dog or is that something? No, you know what the 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 craziest thing before we had kids, I was with a with a friend. They took me to the uh, Shinsegae mm-hmm. department store. And they introduced me to they introduced the store as this is the store Tom Cruise. <laughs> not not Tom Cruise shops at, but like this is the brand that Tom Cruise's it's kid wears. <laughs> God damn, I couldn't get a sentence up. The um, I walked into t-shirts were like eighty dollars, a hundred and twenty dollars for a t-shirt. Come on, man! Oh, yeah. I Come grow on, out of them man. in two months. It's insane. Yeah. And anyway, to each their own. I mean, everyone's got a different. But you if know. you're if you're breaking a bank, or I mean, if you're eating lamian that, for, that's it. for days to. I think a lot of people are caught up in that. Part of the culture in the, the consumerism the, the older i get you know my wife's 34 years you know i, I just those things just 
it doesn't i don't care I, I care so less about them i'd rather you know sit down have a have a nice conversation right. over over some malawi yeah. farms, uh, starbucks starbucks reserve right. scott scott brought the brought the fresh beans from uh, <laughs> from uh straight from seattle here for us so. yeah well i mean i think the, the, the key right is to uh is to actually know what you what you value and and then yeah. spin accordingly right i mean so you know I, I i i'm not gonna go around and tell anyone that they should care about about classic Japanese cars, right? But but obviously, you know, I've I've put some some a lot more funds to those that I you know than a lot of other people would. Sure. And uh and I'm and I'm like and like you, I, you know, I drive the two thousand dollar car from from twenty years ago. Yep. So on a daily basis, so it's yep. uh it's it's to me it's just about you know living here again for for years in my in my one room apartment. You know, living alone, you have a lot of time to think and reflect and 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 really consider what's what's important to me. What do I care about? And not and, and you're making the decisions not based on what you're hoping other people will will think or you know their reaction. Like, oh, I bought this car. I hope he likes it. Or you know, I did this. I hope. Look at this shirt. I hope someone compliments me. Right. You're, you're, doing, like it. you're strong, doing it for you. The yeah. strong right. independent mind that I don't care what they think. This is what I like, so I'm doing it. I, I really enjoy that. I love that. And you know, in Korea, they, a lot of people conform and. And go along like you mentioned earlier with the, the the North Face jacket or the same haircut or whatnot. But it's ironic that the the people who are most praised in the in society here are the ones that break free. Are the <laughs> the Ihori who has a you know she, yeah, yeah, yeah you know she has a she's in a in a girls group. She does an independent thing and then right. she quits. She goes you know what I, I don't want to I don't want to do it anymore. And then get some tattoos. Whoa! She moves to Jeju. Now she's a farmer. She, she, you know, and then she, I didn't know all that. She started. You know, she, now she has her own TV show, and it's yeah. the most popular thing. And people love. Right. People love when someone breaks. Scotty still got her soju poster up. Yeah, in, in the shop there. Yeah. It's actually above my bed, but. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> but that's those are the people that are most uh, you know that are most followed and, and most liked here. So it's it's ironic that yeah you know, that people I'm, want to fall into line with with everyone else. Yeah, and, and I think part of it's just that um, you know to be honest with you, like you know, it's easy to say, you know, oh, just, you know, consider your life. What are your values? Are you really getting value out of this? Things like that. But, yeah. but you know, and from the day-to-day things, you know, it, you know it, it can be difficult for people to just stop and really question, you know, the things that are just kind of, you know, ingrained in them. And that, but that's what it takes sometimes. Do people, you know? do people, I mean, we are so fortunate here to, to be able to kind of pick and choose your schedule, how much you want to work. That I mean, that's after 10 years of, of ball-busting, grinding, <laughs> grinding work, but... Um, now that you have time to to sit back and think, um, I, I wonder at home how much the the average guy does. You know, between I mean, we don't have to maintaining an apartment. You, you vacuum the floor, you, you sweep mm-hmm. it. When you go home, you got a house. You're fixing the roof. You're fixing this, fixing that. Uh, more changing changing your oil. Right, you know, right, 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 right. Putting your winter tires yeah. on. Putting your winter right, right. tying the top yeah. knot. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so much of that is like, uh, you but know, do you also, have time to? Do, does the average guy have time to sit down and really like, well, what's important to me, or is, is it so busy with work and overtime right. and this and that? Well, That's I mean, part of the stuff I miss at home is right. is all those little things. I know if I lived there, I probably wouldn't miss them anymore. But <laughs> yeah. but you know, I I long to cut the grass. Right, right. right. I, mean, I cut the grass growing up my whole life, and I just long for that that early morning dew and that smell and the fresh grass and you cut the white I, grass i miss lots of those things man. <laughs> yeah but i mean no i think i think at least in my experience the one of the keys is 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 who you surround yourself with i mean because 
you know, kind of we talked about, you know, the the, the competitive streak in people. And, and I think that actually can, can be a really good thing if it's if it's in a healthy direction. So like, you know, the, the friends that I surround myself with, we, we do have a competitiveness between each other, but it's a very healthy one. It's, it's not one of right. I want to be better than him. It's more like, you know, so if my friend is in there and he and he just swapped his engine himself, you know, then I'm like, well, I can well, I should be able to do that. Like, you know, like, I, you know, or I'm, let's do it together. Right. Yeah, be exactly. Better together. Right. It's 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 a it's a. It's a you know, challenging of each other to be better. Right. You know, n- not 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 to be better than each other, but to be better than than what our yesterdays what were. What you were, yeah, right, absolutely. And and so I think that applies in in, in all walks of life, really. That might come down to the individual, though, because I, I mean, I, I know some people who oh, yeah, swap my engine. Oh, look at this guy, this cool guy swapping his engine. You, know, <laughs> you, can, you can take a negative. Yeah, yeah, but that's, but that's not you say like when, within your crew or your group there. You don't have that. That's always a positive one. But yeah, when you tell it to somebody outside, it might be taken differently. Right, and and, we, and which is fine because, like I said, that's that's the criteria I use to determine whether or not I want to uh, spend more time with someone or not. You know, is, it, right. is if they have that mentality, if they have the mentality of of wanting me to be better, or if they have the mentality of them wanting to be better than me, and 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 right. so that's that's a filter I use for for who I spend my time with. You are absolutely the what is it that you are the average of the seven people you you are around most. Right. I, I couldn't the. The older I get, uh, you know, the more the more I realize that. And you can see, you can see the the groups here, the groups at home of right. you know, everyone's birds of a flit, birds, birds of a feather, feather, feather flock right. together, right? Feather flock. The, uh, so a little bit, a little bit about Atlanta and the family stuff. I'm I'm curious. You're you're a busy guy. How do you balance work, your hobbies, and and the kids and a family life? How do you balance all that? Uh, well, my wife would probably tell you that I don't balance it, but uh, <laughs> but in my mind, uh, scale's broken. Yeah, um, I, I, I definitely. Well, I think there's a Japanese scale. You know, if I want to go <laughs> if I want to go into full uh, full corporate speak, I would say there are synergies I use. Um, there's a you know, so for example, okay, so my hobby uh, my hobby business, which uh, is done with the people I do I do dancing with, you know, so so you know, not only do we do our do our uh, our business together but you know in the same building we're also doing our, our practice for dancing yeah. you know um they uh, i my friends who are, that are part of the crew uh have kids as well so mm. i'll bring my kids you know we'll we'll dance together sometimes you know yeah. we'll work on cars together with you know we'll, we'll involve the kids and stuff like that so so it wouldn't be possible if all these different things i did were separate entities on their own right yeah, yeah, yeah. um there's a lot of overlap good you've dropped some some big wisdom on me in in the past and one one of the really th- uh, things that I that really stuck in my head was about hobbies and, and whatnot. Well, there's there's two things actually. First was I mentioned this earlier about you know when when my son was first born, I was under you know uh, in the mindset of I, I have to spend as much time with him as I as I can. If I'm not with him, I'm a bad dad. And you said like, man, no, you you need time away. Just yeah. just like anything, you can't exercise a 24 hours a day. You need that you need that separate time. And then you're a better dad when you're when you're with them. Absolutely. And the the second thing you said is that you want to kind of model the the behavior for your kid. So when he looks at you, he goes, hey. Dad's got an interest. It, you're not just sitting down watching TV, or right. you're not just smoking, getting angry, doing whatever. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> that's most guys, right? So, so my brother's childhood just came out there. Dad, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, right, Dad? Smoking and getting angry. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, uncle's there. going to work on his cars. Yeah. <laughs> just sit here and smoke and be angry. Uh, oh, oh, I, know. Uh, I don't know where that came from. Gino, yeah. are you funny? Dad, Dad, uh, you smoke too much when you were younger. No, the, the trauma. Uh, yeah, but the um, 
was going to say, yeah. the, you wanted to model the model the behavior for your kids. So, and you said, you know, when uh, when you when your kids get older, you want them to have a hobby or, or some interest as well. And if you're if you're showing them, hey, I'm interested in this. Then uh, you know, as they grow older, they can they can find their their way. And if yeah. it's the same, you guys do stuff together. If it's different, then that's that's fine too. Yeah, absolutely. as long as they're as long as you're you're showing them, hey, there's more to life than work, <laughs> home, and smoking. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that, no, that's uh, what I was going to ask too. Are the kids involved? Do they? My brothers are firefighters, and I think their boys want to be firefighters right. because they watch dad. They go to the fire hall. They ride in the truck. They so I, I think it has a major influence on them. We all play hockey, and all of our nephews play hockey. But so Scott's kids are still, they're seven and three. Seven right? and uh, uh, four. Seven and four, yeah. Or but six does and four. The, does the well, oldest, sorry, seven and five uh, Korean years. <laughs> I mean, my, my daughter's 13, uh, eight and seven, 25 <laughs> and 36. I don't know. <laughs> my daughter's five, and, and she started playing hockey because I coach the hockey team. She sees videos on on the iPad or whatever of her cousins playing hockey, and so so that's kind of part of who we are. But... For you, do the kids like going to the shop? Do they dance? Does does he say, "Dad, I want to ride in your car"? Or? Uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, there's like you know, all kids, of course, are you know, they're individuals. So they, there's a there's a little bit of a mix there. Like, so my youngest son, he he likes he likes the dancing stuff. He likes the cars a lot. He always asks to ride in my car. Um, not not the everyday car. Not the everyday car. No. <laughs> not, not not as excited about that one. No. But um. Uh, but the the older one, for example, is like really into art, you know. And I was I was big into art for a lot of my childhood as well. So like we we will draw together all the time and things yeah. like that. He also likes to drive. Like we uh, so we buy these uh, you know power wheels or whatever, and we basically put like you know much higher voltage batteries in them so they go you know twice as fast or whatever. I saw one that yeah. looked like uh, <laughs> it looked like your car. You yes, like, oh, uh, yeah, so we, yeah, exactly. Car, basically, yeah. make replicas of our of our big cars. And so like my older son likes driving that one, you know, and he gets angry at me if I'm if I if it's you know not working, I haven't fixed something on it, you know, he'll. He'll ask me, you know, why it's not fixed yet. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, so they don't necessarily have um, all the same hobbies, but the, the whole point is to give them, you know, opportunity, opportunity to, yeah, to explore those things. Open and doors. Right, and, and you know, there's nothing, kind of like you said, you know, with, with, with your daughter doing hockey, it's like, well, you know, there's a, a million sports, and, you know, who knows which ones they might theoretically be most interested in. Sure. But you can't replace that kind of your personal history with that sport and your ability to like really get involved with them and teach them and things like that, right? You can't you can't discount that. And I think that's that's almost as important as, as choosing the right hobby in the first place is is the uh, having that environment, having that connection to it. Yeah. Um, that's I think giving her that opportunity of hockey, and maybe it's not hockey, but maybe in the future it becomes volleyball or or soccer or something else. But at least she knows sports are out there right. and it's an opportunity and and. That's available to her. Absolutely. So I mean, we 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 kind of this philosophy of my crew, for example, like you know that all of our kids they have to learn to break. Now they don't necessarily. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not not even joking on this one. Like sure. it's it's not a um, at least expose them. right? Exactly. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah you're gonna be you're gonna be in here you know <laughs> seven days a week practicing, but uh but you have to get to a kind of a basic competency level. Yeah. You have to have a basic understanding of what it's about and how yeah. things work, um, because that's kind of like your heritage, right? It's kind of like you know you're not gonna you know you know when you grow up in in Korea here, right? You, you know, your kids are gonna be learning Korean, they're gonna learn Korean school or whatever. But he's gonna show Tony how to smoke and be angry. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> part of his culture. Yeah. Right. You know, but you're still gonna, he's, you know, he's, he's got still, the angry uh, down pat. He just, right. He's, he's smoking the bubble pipe right. <laughs> 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 you know, but you're still gonna pass along, you know, your your Canadian values and other things like that along to him. You know, you're not gonna just gonna, you know, give Absolutely. them over to to to, to the totally to the environment. 
and so I, it's the same way with with all activities i think you know and, and part of the reason why we're you know building these businesses and things like that is, is with the hopes of one day passing along to the kids you know a, at least it's an option for them you know and, and right. uh, that's and, the same with our our ngo here too not I don't plan on you know build, building a huge business and just and going oh here here son you know you gotta you gotta run this now but some of the values being a good role model yeah, mm-hmm. some of the values, the way. some of the values we grew up with were you know you gotta give back to your community we've been pretty fortunate here so I, I think showing them um, if you are comfortable in your life there there are people out there who need who need help and you know to be honest it's a lot of the multicultural families not necessarily. Canadian or American dads or, you know, the English-speaking dads, but some of the other uh, maybe Southeast, Southeast Asian uh, country uh, parents who are married to Koreans, a lot of those kids get teased, and now I'm sure our kids are going to get it too. But My I kids mean, get it already. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it's important uh, to give back to your community, especially if you're not, you know, if you're not struggling from uh, from the bottom, from the bottom rung. In, in terms of the kids, for me, that's, it's just, you know, I think going camping is good. Uh, bringing them, my daughter, to the orphanage at the Christmas party and knowing there's other kids who don't have as much as she does, that she's fortunate, she's lucky, playing hockey, uh, doing arts and crafts. I mean, I just think cooking, helping cooking in the kitchen and, and doing chores, all that stuff just lets her have a lot of opportunity, a lot of experience, and she can kind of pick and choose what she likes or what she, you know, gravitates towards, and she can she can do that later. But mm. I think my part of my duty or our duty as parents is to give them as many diverse or variety of experiences as possible and let them kind of choose what they want. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> with us having, you know, English speakers in, in Korea, uh, we do our best to, to teach our kids English in the, in the house. Yeah, you only speak English to your kids. I do as well. Uh, what about in the, in the reverse situation at home? You guys are... Uh, do, do you speak Korean in the home? I know you're pretty, pretty proficient in the, in the language. What, what's the situation at home? Um, yeah, so I mean, it, it is in a way probably a lot like the inverse of here, you know, where, okay. where um, the uh, upside down. Yeah, right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, minus the demogorgons were, but um, <laughs> uh, so when my, I mean, when my kids were young, you know, before they were in, you know, public school age, um, we did send them to Korean school, uh, yeah. like preschool and stuff like that. So, so they were all, they were only speaking Korean up until uh, about three to four years old. Oh, good, um, wow. At which point. Um, now that being said, you know I'm I'm not good enough at Korean to to be fluently talking with them, but but definitely I would I would try to use it as exclusively as possible up until that age. Cool. Um, now, especially my older one, you know he's in he's in uh, public school now and stuff like that, so he's you know he picked up English very quickly. And mm-hmm. and and when we were back in the states before before this most recent trip here, you know he was uh, definitely you know let's say eighty percent of the time speaking English, not Korean, and. Yeah. Uh, and uh, matter of fact, started probably losing some of his Korean. Right. Um, but picked it up quick when he came back. But, oh yeah. yeah, I mean now and now I mean he's he's definitely speaking more Korean than, than English. Even even to me, he's speaking a lot more Korean now. Um, yeah, which is funny. So um, so yeah, the struggle is as always to to really maintain both, right? Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, um, when when we're in America, it's 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 you know maintaining English is not an issue. Um, maintain Koreans gonna be a little bit trickier um, now that they're you know getting into public school and things like that and there's less opportunity for them to to use it you know we, like I said you know my wife's involved in the Korean community she has a lot of Korean friends so you know when their kids come over or whatever you know that there, there are some Korean speakers their age around it's not yeah. like it's totally uh, absent so, uh, the, so that definitely helps there, yeah. it definitely helps yeah so it, it's you know it's still a concern you know I want to maintain it as much as possible and that's part of the reason for coming back here every couple of years, you know, and letting them come spend their summers here and things like that is it allows them to not stray too far from their their Korean side, you know. 
Absolutely. That's yeah. right. I think going home, I, I'm anxious to see my my second daughter. She'll be three at the end of August. But I remember, I think I said before in one of the previous episodes, that when we went to Florida, my first daughter was almost three. And she could speak English in chunks, but not, not really fluently or not fluidly. Mm-hmm. And she could answer all the questions and understand everything. But we went to Florida and she played with her 10 or 12 cousins there. And wow, we came back and it was just boom, a different level. Oh, yeah. And I hope my second daughter, I hope the same thing's going to happen this time, that she'll just get that overdose of English. And I hope it just kicks in and, you know, yeah. stimulates that part of her brain that'll just make her boom, be able to speak a lot better. Yeah, I think it's important to be able to go back and do that. We're very fortunate that we can do that and afford that. Um, but I think it's a big part in their development also. <clears throat> you said your, your kids went to preschool in, in Korea and now they're in the public school system. I know you went to university. Was that in-state or out-of-state? Uh, when I went to university, yeah, yeah. it was out-of-state because I was coming oh, from that's Kentucky. Right. Yeah, yeah. Kentucky yeah. Yep. No, you're right. A- anything I hear about uh, American education or pe- people studying out-of-state, the tuition's double. Is that correct? Uh, or, I, I mean, mean that sounds significant. sounds likely. Um, that that's probably not too far off from from my experience. But yeah. again, you know, I went to college, you know, fifteen plus years ago now. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not as up to date with exactly where it stands today. I do know it's a major issue. I do know that even in state is you know a lot as a whole lot more than it was, um, uh, you know, not that long ago even. So for my for my undergrad books, everything included probably twenty maybe twenty grand for four, four years. years. Yeah. For, <laughs> For I'll four get, years, I get the three, three plus special. I finished. It. <laughs> I finished oh, it. I hope immigration's not listening. I finished in. Uh, I finished in three. But the. Um, <laughs> I finished in three. That's a nice way to. That put was it. a five-year program. You yeah, did it in three. Yeah, yeah. I finished in three. My brother did the three-year program in five. <laughs> <laughs> I was closer to your brother than to uh, Brian. But the, uh, you know, knowing the, I mean, you, you can see the, you can see the trend here of over kind of over education um, kids go through their their undergrad is it's not even a question mm-hmm. if you're if if university is going to be uh, college is the new high school yeah. oh, absolutely yeah <laughs> not then, not here i mean here the masters even the masters the masters a oh, dozen and, and it's becoming the phd and yeah. i i saw it at Eunice because there's no jobs and they don't know what to do mm. the easiest thing is to stay in the laboratory and, and work and work and work in the laboratory right and eventually you're working towards a phd but um, or, or your master's. And here there's a lot of master's, PhD combined programs. And UNIST is one of the science and tech schools. And I, I'm not sure if they all have it, but UNIST has the military exemption for any males who choose to do their, their I believe it's their master's, PhD combined, because you're going to be giving back to society in one way or another mm-hmm. in the form of research and, and you know making the country a better place. So um, that's a huge incentive out there is that the guys don't have to go to military if that's what they want to do. But a lot of them don't know what they want to do and they think, well, I don't really want to go to the Army either, so I might as well just do my master's Stay PhD. In and it's right. it's so common here. Looking looking forward to your kids, do you... Obviously, they're, they're still so young and so much sure, can change sure, but, sure. before yeah. they go, but... Gotta is sell that, a few cars. <laughs> gotta <laughs> sell a few cars. Is, is that something... <sighs> is that something you want to push them towards, knowing, that, knowing the outcome of it? Your degree was kind of specific or almost like a vocational right. uh, course that you took you know when you finish well there's going to be jobs there's going to be jobs waiting for you right. but a lot of the liberal the liberal arts my tongue's tied here the a uh, lot of the liberal arts degrees the psychologies or right. sociologies whatever yeah. uh, do you want to steer your kids away yeah. from that do you want them to do you, do you have hopes for them in the future do you well i think it's even worse than, than that in a way because um 
you know, nowadays, even a lot of like, like law students are having a hard time getting jobs. Absolutely. Um, you know, so it's not even, uh, it's not even limited to the, the more kind of a, a general, um, Curriculums, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. even things that were once considered, you know, specific professional, yeah, like hundred year jobs, the cream of the crop type jobs, yeah. you know, like even. And it's not slowing down. It, if anything, it's going to get worse with yeah. AI and the the. In- exactly, like look at look at a lot of things like you know medical imaging and stuff like that, which is now being done, you know, sure. you know, automated and things like that. So that's a that's a crazy thing at the the college that we teach at. There, I mean, every year they're accepting hundred students for radiology and. When I'm teaching, I'm going, oh, no. Yeah. Like, you guys, you're probably in whatever, five years or ten years, like, you're not going to have a job. And yeah. it's hard. Maybe I don't know. Maybe but they say now, like, you see them, you know, what you're studying now in first-year university for, the job's not going to exist by the time you graduate. Right. It's, it's evolving that fast that... Yeah, you better be in a specific field that's going to exist because otherwise it's going to be rough. And that and that's like so that that kind of like all feeds into to I guess my particular take on it for my kids, um, which is that you know I'm worried but I'm not worried, and, and the reason why is because um, you know my goal is to train them well enough that they're going to be adaptable to whatever the circumstances are going to be because yeah. I I certainly don't think I'm going to be able to predict what's going to be like in 15 more years and Absolutely. you know and and and. I think trying to do so might be, you know, it fools Aaron. Because like I said, you know, you, you, 10 years ago, if you said, you know, go, go be a lawyer, that'd be a great idea. And maybe not, not as much these days. Yeah. So, um, so the key for me is, uh, is, is to give them the skills to be able to perform in whatever particular venue it might end up being in. Mm-hmm. And so, so what I'm going to stress is, you know, critical thought, independent thinking, work ethic, th- yeah. those sorts of kind of universal uh, foundational skills um, that can be applied to to whatever because um, when it comes down to it you know it if there's two people going for the same job you know the, the person who is willing to work harder for it or uh, has a unique perspective because of all the other life experiences they've had or whatever they're gonna that's gonna give them the advantage um, sure. to, to get these positions um, or is more likely it, 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 uh, has becoming more likely is that they might have to be creating their own jobs, right? That, yeah. that um, it's not going to be as simple as you get a degree and go work for this mega company. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's why I think doing the cars is cool to see that you can you can do your own and you can make your own. And but just showing them that you didn't go to school to be right. uh, to be a mechanic. Yeah, right. I still do this. I didn't. I, I don't have a degree in, in braking, but right. You know, I can. Uh, right to to not feel so limited by just because. Well, I you know, I, I, I got to do this one training and that's gonna that's it. You know, like you know, you can always learn something new. You can always you can always take a change in path I, and i love i love that mentality yeah. now and the, with the internet and all the the micro courses or whatever you call them literally you can learn anything right. on uh, whether it's online or right and that's why again you know why i'm trying one of the reasons why i'm trying to build this business you know is is, yeah. with, is is to is that will be an option for them you know yeah. and 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 as they grow up that will be a tool to teach them some of these principles and and eventually hopefully get to the point where if they wanted to they could take over the business and and run it even better than i ever did so yeah. the one the one downside to the, the independence and the, the decreasing amount of jobs and, you know, creating your own stuff is, I, I think, in in Korea and who did we just have on recently? Venus? Pakistan? Somebody, uh, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. Ubaid from Pakistan. And uh, he said, you know, kids don't have any ambition or any drive or desire. They just want to make YouTube videos, do stupid pranks on their teachers, on their parents, post. And I, I think there's some merit to that, some good points to that, but... If your whole country is trying to be a YouTube star, <laughs> it's going to become an issue at some point. Right. So, I mean, they need the guidance, you know, and like I say, like if you're bringing them to the shop and they slowly get introduced to it and slowly get more involved, more hands on it, that's great. But 
just saying, hey, there's going to be no jobs, you know, figure out your, your online <laughs> career, start now. <laughs> right, right. I, yeah, I, I just... Because there is, there's a gazillion, and you talk to all the Korean kids now, it used to be soccer star, Pak Ji-sung, I want to play soccer, I want to play soccer. Right. And now they all say, I want to be, they use one or two words that I don't even, I've never even heard of in English. They're English words. And it's not programmer, but it's it's a, not, and not tuber or, no, they want to be YouTubers. VJ. But they, they call it a different, they call it something slangy. Um, but, and I say, what's that? Oh, I want to have my own YouTube channel. I say, well, you can do that tomorrow. You can start now. Yeah, yeah. Start, start doing that's it. Not, I mean, that's, yeah. that's one funny thing. I had a, <clears throat> had a student years ago. He's gone on to, uh, on to university now. So talented playing the piano. I knew he played the piano. One day I went to his house. Man, I heard it was like a... I don't know, it was like Mozart just blown out of his window, like echoing off all of the all of the surrounding apartments. And I went like, whoa, what is that? And I went <laughs> up and it was him playing. And he, I mean, he was a middle school, he was a middle school yeah. student. I went, holy smokes. And I told him, why don't you write your own music? Oh, it's impossible. Oh, I can never do it. Like, man, I, I just heard you play the piano. <laughs> yeah. You can clearly write no your own music. No way you can play that well and not yeah, have and any I, idea how to write anything. But that's, that's kind of the, maybe the mentality here of... You know, I, I don't have a degree, so I'm not ready yet. And I said, mm -hmm. man, the earlier you, the earlier you start, the 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 quicker you're gonna you're gonna develop. And you know, in your mid twenties, you're gonna be where normal people are in their right. in their forties, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a, I think a blessing and, the, and a curse of the kind of the modern society we live in is that is that you can you can become anything, and and in this and there's a lot of ways to learn things, mm. um, but you have to have that drive, right? I mean, if you if you don't have it. Um, you know, things are not going to come to you easily, and there's not a, a straightforward path you can just follow to success every time. I Neuralink. Mean, yeah. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> well, until Elon finishes up with that, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we stuck with some of the old school methods. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, so, like I said, but the upside is that um, you know you could you know you could theoretically have zero formal education, but if you can you know if you can learn those skills on your own, you know, whether it's through YouTube or, or through you know uh, more personal means, you know, you can. You can do a lot of things that would be considered unthinkable, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, it's an opportunity and a, and a curse at the same time. No. I'm, I'm curious, all the, talking about all these different perspectives and, and values and stuff, who, who did you look up to? Who, did, who were your role models? Where did you get your ideas from? How, who helped form your uh, thinking? Oh, man, that's, that's a, it's a tough one because... Um, you know, there were so many, I, I, like, I didn't have one or two, you know, monumental figures in my life that I ever, you know, considered, like, you know, these are my, these are my heroes, and these are the guys I want to be. It's, but a, a parent but, or a teacher well, or... Right, right. I mean, I, I, had, I had many that I admired in, for, 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 for different aspects, you know, so, you know, they obviously close to home, you know, my father, I always, I always admired his, um, his work ethic. I remember when he was, or when I was young, and, you know, he, he, he ran his own business, and, you know, he... He would be up before I, you know, even woke up for school, working in his office sometimes and things like that. Smoking um, on the couch. Yeah, angry and smoking. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so I definitely, I, I remember I always admired his work ethic, and I still don't think I have as good a work ethic as he did um, to this day. But, um, you know, that was definitely one influence. You know, my my mom also owned her own business, um, and uh, and what I saw, one of the things I saw from her was that um, her identity was was very much linked to her business. She's she's right. a she's a marriage and family therapist, and um, you know she, she got a lot of personal satisfaction out of helping people, and you know it wasn't just a, a way to make money. You know it was it was so that kind of taught me to intertwine um, work and life. Yeah, work yeah. and life. You know, and uh, which I think is is, is 
you know, not always possible, but but should be a goal um, um, to to, to not separate all the things in your life um, so hard. Um, So those were definitely close to home ones. you know, with my crew has always been an inspiration to me for for, for, for various reasons. So, um, like I said, the one of the, the oldest guy in my crew, you know, is one with 15 cars or whatever stuff like that. You know, he definitely led the way for me on on a lot of the car stuff. And cool. How and, you um, say older? How how much older? Uh, not a lot older. He's about five years older. But right. cool. You know, when I met when I met him, I was you know I was 18. He was 23. So yeah. it's a little so more, a little more sign- significant yeah. at the time. You know. Um, him. Right. But you know, you know, he he never went to college. You know, and 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 he makes way more money than I do yeah. as an artist. So, uh, you know, so you, how could you not be inspired by that? Right. Absolutely. So, um, um, and even, I, I think for a lot of my role models are people who inspired me. It's not, it's not until now that I look back and see some of my behaviors now sure. and I look back and I go, ah, it's probably because of him. Right. Or, right. Well, you know, he, you know, I'm living my life a lot like him, although it wasn't a direct you know, direct thing. It's exactly looking back. You can really, you can really right. see. You can see how it crept in there. Yeah, it's yeah. not a conscious decision. Yeah, you're not right now. You're uh, was your, your was your father at all involved in cars? So, uh, ironically, uh, when I got my Z, and he and after he saw it, he said, "Oh yeah, I used to have one of these." Oh. And I was like, "Really?" Yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah," and, and apparently he had more than one too. Ah. Right. Um, and I I did remember vaguely that he had like an RX seven when uh uh with before I was born. Uh, but I, I remember because I saw it in pictures, but obviously I wasn't born. So, um, so, so, um, but, but growing up, you know, I otherwise had no idea that he was interested in cars. I mean, he never worked on cars when I was a kid and, and, yeah. you know, he, he, you know, he, he wasn't changing his own oil even, you know, things like that. So, so I didn't even really realize that, but, um, so yeah, I wasn't looking into the future when he got rid of them. Yeah, apparently not. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, he used to do like Jim Connor events and stuff like that even. So, you know, he definitely did, There was a time in his life where he was into cars and I just never even knew about it until I was, you know, an adult and started getting into cars myself. Is he allowed in the shop or no? <laughs> uh, of course he's allowed, but I mean, he's a few pointers for you know, the, for the young bucks or yeah. no. So, I mean, I, I think he was, uh, you know, I, I, I think he was, he, you know, he was, it was never a major part of his life but it was definitely it was definitely a part of it for for some some period cool. of time there it's in um, the blood but yeah so it was, it was kind of interesting it was uh, but i think that generation has a lot of wisdom that our generation doesn't just from the times that they lived through right and i like when dad comes and is like this is common sense like why do you think this is you didn't know that and right right you're, you're right. struggling to figure something out in the car and he goes well you just turn this and do that and right, right. how the hell do you know that well that's everybody knew that when i grew up right was, right, right right like oh it's the same Say, tell my dad to make a Facebook profile or upload something. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh yeah, blank, yeah, blank stairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't think cars were as much of a, as much of a part of his, his identity as is is for me. But but it was it was you know definitely something there. Is there is there anything in particular that? How long were you in Korea? A couple of years. Uh, I only lived in Korea for one year. One yeah. year. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Not many make it in and out that quick. <laughs> but I spent more than a year yeah. uh, coming back, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, is there anything in particular that you took away or took out or you reflect on or or remember that is influential in, in what you do at home? Or, or what was the most important thing that you took out of Korea from being yeah. here? Wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, but I don't it. say her, I'm going to get in trouble, right? <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I think, honestly, I think one of the biggest things about it was, is, um, is just being able to like, break out of your, your, you know, breaking out of the fishbowl, so to speak, right? So it's, you know, like the, the fable of the, uh, the older fish saying, you know, to the younger fish, you know, how's the water today? And the younger fish saying, what, what's water, right? right. You know, uh, if, you, if you don't, if you don't get out of, of, of your environment, you don't, you can't, it's hard to see what it is uh, in reality. And so I think that was one of the biggest things for me was, was 
was changing perspectives for a little while and, and then being able to kind of, you know, see all these, a lot of these things that we've been talking about today, right? The, the differences in culture and things like that, which, you know, if you, if you don't, if you can't step outside your culture to you, it's just, that's Hard just the way things are, you know, yeah. to appreciate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't have a critical eye for that sort of thing. Were you part of the crew before you came here? Uh, part of the, my, my current crew? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. So yeah. how, was that really hard to leave? Um, so because now it seems like it, I mean, it's, but you always it's your a, second marriage. Right, always, right. He always had a plan of coming back. You never planned on staying here. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess neither, no one, neither did I. Right. I was going back to my beer league hockey team. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> they're yeah. still, they're still waiting at all. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a legitimate question yeah. because I, I can't say that it didn't, it wasn't, that, that was one of the, uh, things that was probably the hardest about coming here. You know, right. it was easy. I didn't mind leaving my job cause I wasn't that happy at my job, but, mm. um, but yeah, definitely it did. And, and a matter of fact, there was, uh, we, we, we kind of lost a, a senior crew member during that time, not, not to death or anything, but I mean, mm. he, he ended up exiting the crew yeah. during that time. And I wasn't really around for that, you know? So Let that was oil yeah. in oil. Out. Yeah. Yeah. He had to go down the uh, Apache line, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't without some sacrifice, you know, in that sense. Um, but I, it, you know, I felt it to be a necessary one at the time, and and I don't regret it now. No, uh, looking back, that you got out and you got back to what you were doing back home. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. We've mentioned we've mentioned before that you know sometimes taking a step back and that that's the best way to that's the best way to to progress forward. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm just curious. You've talked about your business and you've talked about the crew and stuff, but. Can you give us a little more, like how many people are in the crew and what you said, two women, but what are the, what's the age gap between those, the youngest and the oldest? Those and, are the, those are the active dancers of the two women. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And, and your business, you, you mentioned the business many times and I've looked at the profiles and stuff and I know you have cars in it, but what's the business? Because you can't, you said a couple of times, you know, I don't want to screw up your car, but I'll screw up mine. <laughs> right. So what do you, um, <laughs> are you yeah. only selling jobs to your buddies that don't mind? Your job <laughs> right. What's the business part? Well, you get the lights, don't you? Right. So, um, so, so we actually have a couple, couple avenues in the business. Um, so I always kind of struggle to define it because it is somewhat amorphous. Um, we we call it a creative house. Um, oh, which, I want one of those, man. <laughs> which sounds like a lot of fun, right? Yeah. So Club, um, clubhouse. Yeah, because yeah. In, in a way, we, I mean, when we started, it, it wasn't with a particular intention of like this is the business we are going to do. It was more of like, hey, you know, we're all we all have our interests um, that could be translated into business terms. Um, you know, we need a place to dance, things like that. Why don't we just bring all these things under one roof? Yeah. And so the um, exhaust from your D is like the spice and the. Brian's spaghetti there in the you, corner. <laughs> in a way, yeah, because uh, the the goal is to to have a have a place where uh, everyone could kind of pursue their own personal goals while helping each other with theirs, yeah. and, and and sharing you know sharing ideas, sharing sharing awesome. tools, things like that. Um, but that being said, over time, so we started in 2014. So um, how so big is it? It's just, been about five years now. Is even yeah. like physically, how big yeah. is the size? I mean, I'm picturing this big place where you can just do whatever you want. Oh, uh, it's know. not that big. It's uh, it's about 2,800 square feet. So, um, so, you know, we have a, we have an office space, we have a, a main office space. Uh, we have like a kind of like a, a kid's room where we let all the kids play and stuff like that. And, you know, to keep us, keep out of, the, out of our hair when we're doing actual work, you know, we have like a storage room and then we have our, our kind of garage area where we, uh, our garage fits. We usually keep about, let's see, three, four, five, about seven or eight cars in there. But it's pretty packed, so yeah. we're actually on the hunt right now for uh, for a new spot. So, and do you guys own that, or do you just rent uh, so it? we rent for now? We're we're looking to purchase for the next for the next one though. So um, our lease is up in less than two years, so we're we're on the hunt right now for a place to purchase. Nice. Cool. Very. And, nice. and what what what's the business? So so you? the business. Uh, um, so like I said, you know, it originally it, it's 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 actually not one thing, um, but it has kind of been distilled down into a couple couple different avenues. So uh, we do have kind of a. Um, uh, 
uh, visual design and kind of marketing section where we, you know, we'll do things like we could do logo design or, um, you know, flyer design, things like that. Things are much more the visual because we do have a number of um, actual artists uh, in our crew. And um, so that's kind of one path we have. Uh, we also have a, a line where we, we kind of uh, do uh, materials marketing promotion of a, um, a particular street art character uh, known as Mr. Fang's. Um, pretty cool yeah so uh, you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll kind of set up uh, uh, various things for that um, and then uh, the part that uh, I probably spend more of my time on would be the the, the kind of car related business which is that black cloud battalion um, yeah. side and and so for that um, we do uh, again a lot of like a lot of design stuff so we do um, uh, you know we might do you know, like window banners and stickers and things like that they're you know relatively simple uh, clothing shirts mm-hmm. and stuff like that we oh, had the silk screener in there didn't you yeah uh-huh, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you know uh, so we have kind of that section of it then also uh, particularly I do a lot of uh, uh, custom lighting modifications you know like we mentioned before my backgrounds for, in electrical engineering for vehicles or for yeah for vehicles so you know like I said I have a, I have a, a, a 240z um, I, I built from scratch uh, uh, LED taillights for it so um, we sell those, you know, for yeah. example, we also do custom, custom lighting, stuff like that as well. So with the 3d printer and the laser cutter uses, yeah, all sorts of different tools. tools. Yeah, yeah. All sorts of different tools. You know, obviously some stuff will, will farm out for bigger projects or for, you know, for larger quantities and things like that. But yeah, we do a lot of in-house prototyping and things cool. like that. And, um, you know, we're very involved in the car scene. So what it comes down to a lot of times is, you know, other people in the car scene, we, you know, they come to us with a particular thing they would like to do on their car and we just, we make it happen, you yeah. know? Awesome. Um, how how much time do you think you spend doing that uh, weekly or monthly or daily or I don't know how much you're there. Um, so if I had to put a number on it, I would say every hour you're not at work. <laughs> uh, not too far off. I mean, I'm, I'm there. I'm there four to five days a week um, oh. after 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 work or, or um, on the weekends. Yeah. Um, so, um, but that's also includes. Uh, you know, I, we we still do our dance practice three times a week. Um, that's our church. So. Um, so as far as being at the shop, I would say I'm probably at the shop for about, you know, probably 20 hours a week or so. So it's basically a, a part-time job, you yeah. know. And um, the same for the others as well? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. But hey, that's a, you're not rotting your brain. In a, you're investing in, a, in, in your future and, story. and your yeah. happiness. Right. And like on the weekends, you know, like I said, my, my kids often come with me and, yeah. and, and my wife comes with me and, you know, you know, it, it is an extended family too. So. Dude, I, I love it super jealous in a good way and i want to uh you know <laughs> move I, to atlanta. I moved yeah, hot you just hot gotta atlanta. you just gotta get the hair, hair transplant so you can grow the yeah. samurai bun and yeah the, and we, do, we do have some standards yeah you're gonna have to follow you what know? how do you how do you divide the the investments or the the the, the funds um so i mean basically uh, everything is you know, we, we did spend a lot of time discussing this before we started it. We did, uh, we, we wrote up documents just to have everything very clear, but I mean. Yeah, because it sounds um, like the crew is really close, but these are something that can divide you really quickly. Absolutely, if absolutely. If it's not, you know, agreed upon. Even if it is, it can, in many oh, cases. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, and, and uh, so, you know, we, we basically have a general principle of, uh, of we're all in the same boat together. So, you know, when we, if we're not making enough money one month and we, or we need to invest in some new tool or something like that, you know, it's basically shared amongst the, the, the core members. Um, but that being, and that being said though, um, you know, we have, we start off with eight people uh, as technically as owners mm-hmm. and right now we're at four. Mm-hmm. So people have over time for various reasons decided they either didn't want to continue being part of a business. So we, yeah. we have people who are still part of the crew, but are no longer part of the business. Okay, okay. You know, um, um, it's, it's been something that has been very difficult at times but we you know we had we've had to work through it and um fortunately we, we've never been in a situation where anyone had 
particularly bad intentions, you yeah. know. Um, it's just things that, that people felt weren't right for them or they weren't comfortable with and things like that. So. Sounds like you, you, you're, you've you chosen a good a good group of friends and very level-headed. And Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's key. You know, a lot of people say, you know, I never get into business with your friends, right? But, um, you if know. If you have good friends, it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, well, my personal, yeah, my first philosophy is, you know, who else would you rather be in business with? You know, strangers? You know, like, um, you know, no, you, you should be in business with friends who you think are good fits for the business you want to do. Yep. Um, you know, like I said, we have friends who are not part of the business and they're still our friends. Hmm. Um, but we didn't think that they were good business partners. So, yeah. so they're not part of the business, yeah. you know? And, and if your friendships are not, um, are, are, are going to fold because of, disputes over business, they're probably going to fold over other disputes as well, too. It's just a matter of time. So so how, how many people are in this crew? Because sometimes I think there's five and sometimes <laughs> I think there's 45. Right. Well, and that and, <laughs> and that leads back to the to what I was saying about how we have some friends, some people who are in the crew and they're part of the business and some are part of the business only or something, right. you know. So, you know, we have, so out of the four people who are part of the business, three of them are, are active dancers. One of them is not. Um, so then we also have... Uh, then our crew, like I said, is, is we have another member who is a dancer but not part of the business. Mm. Um, so we're kind of crossing all those lines, and then we and then we have um, our kind of our broader crew also consists of people who are not dancers or business, business partners, but they're you know they might be graffiti writers or uh, like we have a couple guys who actually live in different cities who are technically part of our crew. Yeah. Um, so, but obviously they're not you know they're not they're not part of the business since they're. So are, are there are there any outsiders or or I mean do you ex Except new I, I membership think Nate, or Nate's what asking for honorary membership is what <laughs> I'll, I'll bring you an application uh, form. Uh, <laughs> how, how do you, how does someone? I mean, hey, I just moved here. I'm from LA, right. or, or do you accept new people, or how does? Um, so, so as as a kind of a, a relatively aging crew, you know, mm-hmm. we, we've we've kind of had discussions about you know, do we think there will ever be another Bernie a member, right? And um, and and the answer to that is like, well. Maybe not, you know, because we're really not out there in the scene like we used to be. Yeah. Um, you know, the, 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 if anything, it, it, you know, it'll be our kids, you know, probably. That being said, you know, occasionally we do have, you know, people who come from out of town and they say, you know, they're dancers or whatever and they, you know, they want to, you know, dance with us or whatever. Um, we we keep our our circle, like I said, very tight on purpose. Um, Ten-year probation? <laughs> right, right, right. You got to sell drugs for us for <laughs> yeah. 10 years. Right. <laughs> but, well, I mean, uh, so so maybe contrary to what you might think, I mean, we've, uh, we've put people down in our crew who um, who I'd only met maybe you know in most a handful of times, um, but the thing is is I think we're all mature enough in our in our situations that we we we're very quick to recognize when someone fits and then or right. when someone doesn't. Okay, yeah. um, so it it actually doesn't necessarily take a long time to get in the crew, but there has to be that connection there. Yeah. Um, Listen, Scott. We're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap this up. We love uh, listen, dude. We love having you here. I'm so happy you took some you know some time out here on a Tuesday morning on your vacation. To and that we were able to match between him coming back, me leaving, and you coming and going. Absolutely, it's a perfect yeah. a perfect storm. But dude, you 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 shed a lot of light on your uh, on your life and uh, you know the work life balance and family, and we're really appreciative of that. I I can't wait until you come back next time and we can have an, another chat and I can learn more about the crew and and check out more of your stuff on. Uh, I'm I'm very very new to Instagram only because of the NGO and the podcast. Otherwise, I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> so it's been a very steep learning curve for me. I, I have no interest in that stuff, but <laughs> it's mandatory these days. Yep, Otherwise, yep. it's not going to work. So um, I'll definitely spend a, a few minutes and check out your stuff. There, the cars look awesome, and uh, thank you. No, I look forward to the next one. Yeah, well, I appreciate you all doing it. And uh, like I said, you know, I, I respect the 
all the different things that you are doing here and, and the way you are giving back and, and, and trying to uh, trying to you know build something bigger than just yourself. So um, awesome. good luck with that and uh, thanks for having me on. Wicked. We'll, we'll post all the all the links on the on the website there with the burn unit villain and Mr. Fangs and uh, anything else that we can there. We'll post it for all you listeners out there. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.